Welcome to Maybe We'll Talk, a podcast where I talk to people. It is Tuesday, so we are going to be talking about vampires, although we're not going to be talking about Vampire the Masquerade. We're going to be talking about Vampire Dark Ages. Saint will be joining me as always. And since we've covered seven Camarilla clans, we figured we'd look at the whole 13 clans in the Dark Ages book. I don't know if we've really specifically said this or if... I mean, I kind of do intend to sort of present the mechanics. I mean, obviously that's what... Anyway, whatever. Wow. Um, There are 13 clans in total in this world. Uh... They are, you know, there were 13 antediluvians. The antediluvians are the third generation of vampires and the clans as we, as they exist today, you know, those, I guess those are the ones that made enough of an impact to have clans descended from them. So there are 13 vampires that we assume that like Cain fucked off somewhere. He was the first vampire. We don't know what happened to him or if he's around or dead or any, he's probably alive somewhere. These guys are all asleep. Um, It is said that the second generation were destroyed. Who knows? And then we have the third generation. 13 antediluvians. And we're going to talk a lot. We've talked a little bit about uh, the history of some of them and what they were like. And we'll talk a little bit about some of them here. In this talk, we're also going to again touch on the sort of problematic way that these books can treat real world cultures and history. Uh, I might one of these days come up with a clear statement of exactly what I find so cringy about the 90s, because it is something. And I don't, you know, I don't like saying, well, it was a different time. So, you know, uh, so therefore, being me, I have to come up with a whole thing. But, you know, the 90s and there was that sort there was a very prevalent kind of stereotyping in the 90s that had to do with like, well... No, there's no racism in America. I've mentioned this before, and I'm going to accidentally start going into my whole thing. But like it was sort of it was like open season on anything other than anyone's race as far as stereotyping and social roles were concerned. I could write a whole thing about it, and I don't want to. (laughs) Obviously, uh, stereotyping and cultural nastiness is very different today. And again, I could write a whole thing about what has changed. But like, but if I do that, it's just going to end up being this history <laughs> of the type of people that have annoyed me throughout the decades, really annoyed me, you know, people that just want to upset and offend other people. People want to make sure that other people are having a bad time. People that are just assholes on purpose, whatever their motivation, racial or social, stru- whatever. The 90s were edgy and cringy in a thousand ways, and today's culture is cringy in a million more. So obviously, this podcast does not condone any type of cultural insensitivity, even though we may be discussing such things, uh, maybe especially as we explore the 1990s, which really was a, na- a, a, wow, I almost said nasty. I was trying to say a wacky time. It was a nasty and a wacky time. And uh, since it is the 1990s, uh, hey, Flyosity, what, uh, what is that new toy you got over there? Alright. Good. How you doing? Uh, I'm very tired, and there's an animal on my chest. Cat, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh... 
All right, here he goes. All right, there you go. All right, thank you. It'll just be nicer. I'll be able to, you know, look at the book in my notes and stuff if there's not you. I'm speaking to the cat. <clears throat> you know who Piers Anthony is? Yeah. I was listening to a, a book he wrote in 1967 called Shathan about a vast underground prison full of people mining for rubies. I suspect, I think the twist is going to be that it's an organic creature that they are within. That's what I'm starting. I don't know. I have, I honestly, I I have no, there's no, like, there have been no clues that lead me to think that, but something about the vibe leads me to think that there's a dark secret. I have read a few Piers Anthony books. Um, that is not one of them. Any Xanth novels? I have not read any Xanth novels. I believe I read I read a bunch of his um, like personifications of power series. I think. Okay. Just oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like death and war and yep. Um, life and I forget there was there was I I I remember. Some of them were real good, and some of them were, like, mediocre. A very prolific, I guess from the 60s, probably through the 2000s, and almost just above pulp-level science fiction, kind of. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's been writing for years and years and years and years and years. So, very long career. Yeah, every... It's weird, and I'm not sure why. I feel like... Because I do occasionally listen to these, like, super classics. Like, I, I told you I was listening to, God, what is the first Gorman guest book called? Something ridiculous. Titus Groan. I don't know if you ca- recall me mentioning that I was listening to a book called Titus Groan. But, like, for some reason, books from, like, the 50s and 60s, I like to listen to. Like, I feel like they're too ponderous. And, like, I don't know. I almost feel like the language is so different that my brain doesn't absorb it the same way when I'm reading it, and I, like, skim over a lot of really old books from the 60s. So I yeah. listen to them. Interesting. Yeah, I, I, I don't like to listen to fiction very much. Mm. Um, I talked about just, this recently, but... Yeah, ahead. yeah. Um, I think it's just so far my experience with at least the few fiction books I've listened to on audio... Um, I um I don't I don't always like it when um if the reader tries to like do voices too much. Oh yeah, that can be yeah that can be a real that can be a turnoff. Uh, I, I've seen it in a couple of places. The worst was I think I was listening to the uh, I forget I actually forget the name of the book. It was the sequel to uh, uh, Altered Carbon. Oh okay yeah. Uh, Richard Richard K Morgan yep. book. Walking Furious, maybe? Yeah, maybe Walking Furious. The dude the dude doing the reading was was decent, but dude, every time he did a female character's voice, it oh. just it made me want to die. <laughs> Sometimes it and it just it's that there's that immersion that once it's broken, you're just not getting it back. Yeah, I hated it. Um conversely I, I remember I think I listened to um one or two books that were uh narrated by female uh, okay. readers 
that were like better that way because they they maybe maybe they were just better readers, and I don't and know. Then, I, like I've, yeah, I've I've I think I've heard a couple of fiction books I've read where, like the the reader puts on voices, but only like only like just a little bit. Right. They just kind yes. of change their inflection or their accent just t- just a tiny bit to let you know that they're sort of like speaking as another character. That's I think is I I think that is correct for someone reading an audiobook. I, but yeah. there is a whole spectrum, of course. Sometimes, sometimes the people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I? You know what I? I man, the next, he's talking like this for some reason, and it's okay. Okay, no, 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 no. It's, that's that's a little too much. Okay, you're not doing you're not doing an audio play. You're reading a book to me. Yep. So I uh, this evening, I may ask. I may tell you. I may say, please allow me a minute to get up and go get another coffee once or twice because uh, I got a pot of coffee going and I'm drinking it and I'm going to go refill my cup right now actually if that's alright okay. I'll be right back okay here I am hello hi um, so, yeah. So yeah. Um, what do you think about Vampire of the Dark Ages? I love uh, it. The Dark Ages. I I went through a period of not really liking it that much. I think sure. partly because um, I didn't like how easy it was to fall into playing D anD D with fangs. Oh man, which is you know as you know, which is basically what I was asking for. Yeah. Yeah. And that's fine if that's what you want. Um, but I, for some reason, it like like every like most times I actually played it, um, it 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 kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I I, I don't know. I, I I feel like I've had um, a couple like eh, okay Dark Age experiences. I've had like a couple like good Dark Age experiences. Um, but I, I don't know. For some reason, I feel like even the good experiences have often kind of like like looking back on them. I don't think like oh, this was a really good game. It like it like I I, I don't know. I it's it is a perfect setting for a vampire game. Like honestly, like yep. Let's let's be real. Like it's perfectly evocative and great that way. You know, you know the crumbling, you know medieval castles, the knights in armor, the you know the. Uh, the wars and bloodshed, the treachery, the you know, the downtrodden peasants, you know. After we talk it's, about this, I'm gonna go watch the Castlevania cartoon because that's what I thought about all week while looking <laughs> looking at this book. But yeah, yeah. that's I mean it's a, it's a it's a strong and powerful setting and of course, you know, the fourteen hundreds really resonate with me because of Castlevania. Uh yeah. but um yeah, just and uh, just classic, unbelievable, and uh, a a completely classic setting and like yeah. genre even. You know what Not it really. might be. You know what it might be is, um, I'm kind of a history nerd. Sure. Yeah, I've and, noticed this. Yeah, I know this. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and sometimes I feel like when I I look at historical fiction and historical stuff. I can't help looking at it and going to myself. That's wrong. That's not okay. accurate. That's not okay. That's that's not right. Sure. And 
the vampire, like the vampire Dark Ages books, um, can't help but be bad history because you're taking history and you're inserting a bunch of vampires. Because it's an it. ultimate history. First of all, yeah. First of but all, it's it, an ultimate it, history. It tries to be very close, though. It tries to be very close, but there's certain like and there's it's things you can't get around. Yeah, there are things you can't get around, and there are things that just like. Yeah, that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. That I'm just like, ah, I just, I just don't like this that much. Sure. Um, so, and it's, it's hard for me. It's been hard for me to like let that go, to enjoy a game, um, that's really historical in some ways. Um, that said, you know, thinking about it, like one of the best vampire games I've ever played in was a Dark Ages game. Essentially, it was. All right. Um, what I mentioned before, my friend John run, ran uh, the Transylvania Chronicles. I want to. Like I want to do it. A, a custom version of that, and that game starts in. Um, I forget exactly what year. It starts in the. It starts in the 11th century. It starts in the 1000s. Okay. okay. You know, the I think the the default year for Vampire the Dark Age is 1197. I think. Yeah, it mentioned the 13th uh, century, but, so that's just breaking yeah. into. Yeah, that's the just the. Yeah, exactly. Um, but you can you can play it wherever you want. Yeah, to be perfectly honest. Um, uh, I played a very short-lived but very cool Dark Ages game many years ago. Uh, my other friend Dave uh, ran yeah. uh, a game that was set in England just after the, Nor- the Norman Conquest. Okay. So that was cool. And I had a really cool character in that game where I was a Ventru who was a... He was... Before he was embraced, he was a, he was a Norman uh, noble. And he, okay. came over to, he came over to England from Normandy with, you know, William the Conqueror and took part in the conquest and took part in all this, you know, brutal, you know, suppression of the Anglo-Saxon, you know, uh, population and, and, you know, basically starting to Normanize the country and, and take it over. And, uh, he got embraced when he was like, he was an old man. He was in his sixties. He was like, he was like ready to die. He had kids, he had grandkids, he had like a whole family. He had like established himself as like, as like a, uh, yeah. Interesting. What was he? He was like, he was like a, he was like a, he was like a count or, or, a baron, yeah, yeah, a, a land-owning um, noble man. He was a count. I, I, okay. I remember that's, that's what it was, uh, and um, and yeah, it was a lot of fun um, because uh, Dave is as much of a, of a history nerd as I am. So, so we were both paying a lot of attention to the history as we were playing it, and that was a lot of fun. But that game only lasted like a few sessions. We did we didn't we didn't get a chance to to play much. Really it was just stretch. The, the rest of the group was kind of busy, and it was it was. Yeah. I think we're all kind of busy, and it was kind of just hard to coordinate. Sometimes it'd be like that. That happens to a lot of games. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. So that was a short game, but that was fun. And then, um, yeah, and then Transylvania Chronicles was really fun because it starts in like the eleven hundreds and it spans uh, many centuries. It, it just you play it straight down until the modern age. And That's cool. You, you, I love that. I love it when Dracula shows up on the streets of London. There, yeah, there's definitely um, chapters, you know. So we would play. We, yeah. We would start, and there was a, there was we played for like 
like a good long chunk as it like like just after our embraces. I, I, I am going to run this game. Was, I'm going to run this game. This I'm going to do Transylvania Chronicles. I'm going to yeah. I, it's good. I'm there's, real. There's, I've been thinking about it. There's really some stuff. It. There's some stuff that's not really that good. Um, and the problem. Yeah, you said that, like uh, background actors doing a lot of the plot or yeah, something like. Okay, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. That, I'll fix always, it. I think, that's <laughs> always been one of the great, um, I think, uh, criticisms of the White Wolf meta plot um, sure. from Vampire Games and from many of the White Wolf games is that um, you spend a lot of time standing around watching important NPCs do stuff. Yep. You know they're doing all the important stuff. Um, it is a, it is an ineffable eternal struggle after all, and you know yeah. we are merely the pawns, while right. the knights and bishops are doing their battles. Right, but isn't it cool that you get to see the king and the queen duke it out right at the end of the? Yeah, we witnessed the fall of the. Yeah, but it's like no, actually, because it's like you don't get to do anything. Mm. You just kind of watch it happen. Um, it really anyway. that's a really an interesting sort of trope in all types of role playing, yeah. like down to video and, games and stuff. Like it's a weird type of storytelling. Yeah, it is. And I'll be honest, I, I, I that's a that's a criticism of the the Wild Meta plot. It's not it it isn't always like that in every sure. um, supplement. You know, mm-hmm. it isn't it isn't always like that um, in in everything that they they've put out. Um, I think you you referenced like I think the year of Gehenna stuff. Oh yeah, um, and some of those were actually really good, despite the fact that they were you know they were intentionally meta plot heavy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think peop- I think that was the point where you know they were they're wrapping up the meta plot and they got the idea like, well, I mean, what's what the hell's the point of this unless unless people can can take this and put their own characters and put their own stories in the center of it, right? Yep. You know, what, what, otherwise, what's the point? Why should people be interested at all? So they, I think they, they really wrote it, you know, with that kind of in mind. So that's what kind of, you know, it was actually pretty good. Um, but yeah, some of the other stuff is uneven. And I think Transylvania Chronicles could be un, a little bit uneven like that. There's definitely a bunch of scenes of like, look, look at these cool NPCs who are so yep. important, powerful, doing all this cool shit. And you get Look to at this fourth-generation motherfucker yeah. scolding all of you for the adventure that you just had on his behalf. Yeah, yeah. and you get to do <laughs> it. Yeah. But you, you don't get to do anything cool, no. But you just, you know, you, you, don't have, you don't get to actually act, but you just, you know, you stand there and witness it. It's cool. Um, but no, um, it, no, and those, that, that game is fun, too, because you get to be powerful. You get to yeah, be strong. Yeah, if you want, you, you can take level, you could take six dots in a thing. Yeah, you 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 know, you start in, you know, you, you start out as neonates, like as, as starting characters with the same level of starting stats. And, you know, like I said, like, uh, like the first section of the game, we played for a while as neonates, like sort of like, you know, our characters moving into Transylvania and establishing, ourse- establishing ourselves there and claiming little territories and fighting off some of the other other vampires. Um, and then, like, sort of once we were established and, like, a sort of plotline had, had, you know, sort of sort of like wound down, and there was, like, a big time skip, and it was, like, 50 years or 70 years later or something like that. And, you know, yep. uh, John, John sat us all down and, like, worked with us, like, sort of off, 
you know, our sessions like over email and stuff to be like, okay, so, so what do you think you were doing during this time? You know, like this is what was going on in Transylvania. This is going on in Europe that are all around you. Um, what were you up to? What were you doing? Um, you know, we talked about, you know, oh, you know, we're making ghouls or establishing our shell, establishing our influence over these areas and like settling down in these places and, you know, and, um, you know, forming rivalries against against this vampire from over here and stuff like that, and um, yeah, and then and then we and then we play for like a bunch more sessions, you know, yeah, right. as, yeah. you know, and then and then something else would happen, and there'd be a time skip. So, but we went through all these cool events, you know, went through like through like the Mongol invasion of Hungary, which was fucking intense. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Did anyone like? Uh, did anyone's wife get a letter that they'd been killed on the battlefield, and then their wife committed suicide, and then they returned home and turned and and, and stabbed their no. denounced Christ and stabbed their sword into a cross? <laughs> no, but there was a Gangro elder. There was a Gangro elder who was um, living with the with the Mongols, and he mm. rode up to Transylvania trying to. Uh, get revenge on me because I had killed a child. Oh dear! Oh well, that's what happens. And you know, he decided to get his revenge on me not by killing me, but, oh, by, but killing by killing my child. I know by killing my vampire wife. Your vampire me. wife? Yeah, I had a vampire wife. Good like, God, no. that's you, man. That's you know, was, there are lines yeah. you don't cross. No, myself and another PC were like we we decided our characters like fell in love and and had a mutual blood bond and you know we're you know, we're chilling out and everything. We're like, yes, we're vampire. We're vampire married. Yeah, you're vampire married. <laughs> we, we, were, we were. We ended up being vampire married for a thousand years or something like that. We we went through some interesting ups and downs and and you know, very complicated you know weird relationships as our humanities kind of started to bleed away. Um, yeah. Also, out of the five player characters in the game. Um, I think all of them kept their humanity to some degree or another, um, except for my character and my vampire wife. I was playing. Uh, I was playing a guy where she was playing a bru- uh, bruja. Um, we we didn't join the sabbat when the sabbat formed, but uh, we ended up like hanging out really close with a bunch of Zemisi all the time anyway, because we were like, well, we were buddies with these guys before the Sabbat formed, so we don't see any reason to stop being buddies with them. I mean, it is Transylvania, you know, it is Transylvania and like, yeah. So eventually what happened is, is like, as our characters really like, like our characters went through some shit, you know, and we had some bad roles at, at certain points when it came to like trying to keep our humanity. So we started oh, sure. to okay, yeah, we started to really lose humanity and get really low and be really animalistic and everything. So we were like, maybe we should go talk to the Sabbat about learning a path of enlightenment. Yeah, one of you is a gangrel. Yeah, yeah, that's not good. Yeah, so um, so that was fun. Yeah, and it was it was it was cool. It was this it was this like I said that was there were all these different you know, sort of like cool historical things that happened that we kind of went through, but also, you know, cool vampire historical things that happened that we went through. Like there's one um, uh, part of the story where um, you have to, uh, you have to take Gortrix. Oh, our pal Gortrix. You have to escort Gortrix 
to the Tremere Chantry. Mm-hmm. I forget I forget where we were escorting him from. We had to pick him up from someplace, and we had to escort him. You know, th- you know, like like a, like an escort mission. Yeah. You know, through Transylvania to the Tremere Chantry because he was going there for punishment or something like that. I we basically are like, why do we have to? Like, okay, so we get that. It was it was I forget exactly the details because we, you know we were all like. We don't need to be escorting this motherfucker because he's more powerful than all of us combined. Yeah. So first of all, us escorting him is kind of silly. Mm-hmm. Second of all, like we're not like capturing him and forcing him to do it. He's going back to the chantry not because he wants to, but because he's got like a magical gias on him. He has to go back to the to the chantry. So you're kind of just watching. We're just kind of like hurting him or something like mm-hmm. that. Meanwhile, he's like fucking with us all the time or whatever. He like because whatever gas he's he's under, he's like he can't kill us. But like if like like at some point somebody like smart mouthed him, so he used moving them out to like to like break their neck. Wow. And, you know that's vampires. Extreme. So no, we yeah, from yeah. we were like we were like ow what the fuck, <laughs> and he was like, don't you dare speak to me that way or whatever. And we're like, yeah, brave words from somebody who's getting escorted to their death. But okay. Um, they were just gonna. They just tattooed a big dick on his forehead, and that's canon. Yeah, and then you know, and at the end we met we met Tremere, and Tremere was a gigantic floating flaming eye like like Sauron. Basically. Wow, really? Yeah. Again, I I I was I always meant to to go back after I had finished the story, um, and read the actual Transylvania Chronicles books that I have to see how much they had diverged from what John had did. Um, because, you know, John started running this game and he's like, I've got the Transylvania Chronicle books. This is what we're running. Please don't read them. Yeah. I mean, obviously yep. guys. Uh, yeah. And we were like, and we were like, okay, of course not. Like, yeah. and we, and everybody was like, yeah, I mean, at least as far as I know, we resisted the urge to be like, okay, let's go find out with the book and see what's going to happen. Because it's like, no, well, no, actually we want to play this. We, we don't want to know what's going to happen. Um, but I always thought to myself, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go back and read these after John is after John started yep. running the game and see what was different, see what he added, and see what he improved. Um, uh, and I, I, you know, I never did. I, I, I always meant to, and I ended up like just sort of skimming them. But I think the scans I have in them aren't are kind of hard to read. And um, honestly, as I was reading it, I was getting kind of bored. I was like, oh, this is what's this? I don't know. Yeah. So you know, and it is. It is like that looking back at these books. Like sometimes sometimes they're kind of boring and you're kind of like, okay, I actually already know this and I did this and that's yeah. fine. I don't need to really. I, I yeah, you know, occasionally, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I was like, oh, yeah, like a lot of this like I have been told this story already. Yeah. And and I've been told it better than what I <laughs> than this probably appears. Uh, John told John told this story better than than, you know, than than me just reading it out of the book so um anyway yeah so to answer Uh, some of my own questions unless you are about to begin no no, go ahead uh so this was published in 1996 and uh whether or not they intended it to be a series this is what happened we got vampire the dark ages werewolf the wild west which was really not too fundamentally different than the apocalypse and there was a mage one which i uh, unfortunately i don't have the title of my notes 
but it was about the age of mythology. So I don't know if it was like Greek or Scandinavian or kind of, but it was an, an it, it it took place in an ancient age of mythological chimerical sorcery. I don't, I don't remember that one. Are you sure? Um, I'm not super positive <laughs> because my phone was, is being charged. Uh, but let me let me look. Let you know we can not in any rush or anything. Right? Yeah. I was a huge fan of Mage, and I don't remember that. I'm trying to remember what the setting was. Yeah, they all—they all had all—all all the splats. Well, at least the first three splats, all had um, big setting books. You're right. Um, where, yeah, Werewolf of the Wild West was '97. I remember it came out, and people were like, "What?" Yeah, people did feel like it was not too different. Like, than, like yeah. Like sure, okay, that's an interesting setting for a world game. I can see it, but do you need to publish like but a whole? It doesn't need to be like, a whole book. In fact, like, like mo- yeah, horse blad about this basically. And most of the uh... mage, the sorcerer's crusade. That's the one. Yep. No, maybe it wasn't uh, about the mythic ages. No. Yeah, but is th- that's the one. Second, when is when is this set anyway? I remember looking at it. I do remember looking at it and not being particularly interested in it. I almost feel like someone told me, like, one time that this took place in some kind of mythological age. Uh, but anyway, so there were th- they did release three clan books for Dark Ages, okay. which were... Uh, okay, this is, is Renaissance. It's the Renaissance. Okay. So this is, like, sort of like the fall of high magic and the beginning of the rise of the, of the technocracy. Is that around the Order of Reason, as it was called? So that's like fourteen hundreds or something like that. I'm, 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 I'm looking for like a year. Is it like close to the uh, tech? What do they call <laughs> the Industrial Revolution? Is it around um, the time when things, when the world began to become well, industrialized? No, no. No, I mean the real Industrial Revolution didn't start until like the eighteen hundreds or like the oh late really. 70s. So oh, okay. This, like the invention of the steam engine and stuff like that. Um, yeah, the Source of Crusade takes place from the early 1400s to the early 1500s. So, okay. like the 1400s, we would call like the end of the High Middle Ages, the beginning of the Renaissance and the, the late Renaissance. So, this is sure. the, the, like the 1400s in Europe before the discovery of the New World, right? Yes. Okay, yeah. So this is like the beginning of like when was the Protestant Reformation too? I'm trying to remember that. I think I think the Protestant Reformation starts happening around this time too, which is a huge event and I I feel like this is a I feel like this is a date I should know. It's a huge event in, in Europe because before the Protestant Reformation, uh the Catholic Church is the only religion in Europe more or less. Oh, um, aside aside from the Muslims in Spain and in southeastern Europe, where the um, you know they're they're starting to invade uh, Anatolia, modern day Turkey. There are Orthodox Christians in Greece, um, you know, and in Russia. Uh, there are Jews, of course, all over Europe. Um, but 
the Catholic Church is like the most powerful thing around, and it's just the Protestant Reformation just, you know, just shakes Europe to the core, basically. Okay, yep. Because whole countries just decide, I'm not going to listen to the Pope anymore, and it really is not about, it's not even about, no, yeah, Martin Luther. Okay, yeah, no, that was the 1500s, so that's after, after the Sorcerer's Crusade. But, like yeah, the, anyway. just Just after. Just after. Their neighbors, yeah, temporarily. Yeah, but still, even even so, this is a period where the Catholic Church is really starting to, it's like sort of at the height of its power, but at yeah. the same time, it's like, it's like people, people can see the cracks because they're so powerful, they're also becoming so corrupt. Sure. You know, yeah, there's yeah. a reason for the Protestant Reformation. The Protestant Reformation is, is when all of these people decided to break away from the Catholic Church, and one of the big reasons was, was because like, you guys just take, you know, you know the popes, the the cardinals, the the priests. They just take a lot of money and they use the money for themselves. They don't use it for uh, glorifying. They God. don't. They don't, you, Or yeah. Or you know. You know. Uh, when I went to uplift the community in any way or anything yeah, like that, which is what you know. I mean, I don't know if that's what churches did at that time. That's kind of what you hope a church well, does. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, exactly. That's that's what they. That's what that's what people were starting to think. And this is what was not happening. But this is not like, for instance, right? I I visited Rome once, and I, I went to um, uh, what is it, uh, St. Paul's Cathedral, um, the big, um, the big cathedral, the Vatican. Yeah. You know, uh, where the where where the Pope uh, has his church, and um, looking at all the art and looking at all the. Um, looking at all the architecture and everything, it really struck me um, because I had spent the entire week before in Italy going all around and seeing all these beautiful churches and seeing all this beautiful architecture and everything like that. And what really struck me about St. Uh, Peter's or St. Paul's? Anyway, what really struck me about the Vatican was that I was like, this seems less about like the glorification of God and more about the glorification of the Pope. Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I, I get you. Yeah. Um, you know, somebody might be able to argue with me about that, but that's that was just kind of the vibe I got. I really got that vibe. And I th- I say this as someone who, who, who grew up as a Catholic, actually. You know, I went to Catholic church on Sundays when I was a kid. You know, my mom was Catholic, and she took me to a Catholic church. And um, They made you drink blood? I went to Sunday school for a while. I really didn't do much of the wine drinking thing. We okay. Like, when I had my first communion, like... Like really, actually, the church, the churches that I went to when I was a kid, like the wine drinking thing was something that only old folks did. Sure. Um, nobody else did it. Everyone just took the bread and ate the bread because nobody else wanted to be sharing a cup with like three hundred other people. That's gross. Boy, yeah. That's fucking gross. Uh, so, yeah, most people skipped that. Honestly, at all the churches that I that I've ever been at. Um. Um, but anyway, yeah. No, I did that whole thing. I did, I did confession. I did confirmation. I went to a Catholic, Catholic school when I was in elementary school from like first to like fourth grade. Wow. Yeah. Um, did you see any like exorcisms or, you know, like vampire hunters or, you know, like fun Catholic no. stuff? <laughs> no. Um, you know... Um, 
I'm basically atheist now, you know. I wouldn't say I was like a hardcore atheist or like I guess sure. like an evangelical atheist, like some atheists have to right. be saying like, people are like, No, all religion is stupid and if you believe in religion you're an idiot. Like, no Red- man, I, like Redditors. People yeah, people people can believe in what they want to believe and sure. I, I, I do understand certain upsides to to you know religions and communities you know religious communities but whatever like that's a whole other conversation sure anyway <laughs> anyway but yeah um yeah the cat it's it's i i think just going back jumping back to vampire the dark ages i think that is one thing too that i've had a problem with um with playing Vampire Dark Ages is that I feel like when I play with people, other people I often play with um, playing Vampire Dark Ages have trouble understanding that mindset. And, and it's a mindset that I, that I fully admit I have trouble grasping sometimes too, but just, but the, the kind of mindset, like, like I remember having this conversation with Dave when we were talking about our characters and beliefs and, and, and religion for a Dark Ages character, it's like there were no atheists. Everyone was Catholic. In the 12th century. And if you weren't an atheist, that meant you were a Catholic. Very rarely that meant maybe you were a Jew. Um, but like, depending on where you were, of course, if you were in Greece, like you were, you were an Orthodox Christian, but you were still a Christian, you know? If you went to a different part of the world, like if you if you went to to the Middle East or if you went to you know parts of Spain that were still controlled by the Moors or North Africa, everyone was Muslim. But again, everyone was in the everyone went to the same church or temple or or synagogue, you know, or mosque or whatever, you know. Because it was part like, of the community. It was what you did. It yeah, was you know, it was part exactly. of your daily. I mean, it was yeah, yeah. And, but but more than that, it was like. That was how you understood how the world worked. That was you, their if, Facebook. That's, if you, if you, that's, where yeah. they, that's where they saw their TikTok yeah. dances. Yeah, that well, well, that too, but also just sort of like at a, at a sort of philosophical kind of basic level, even if people don't really think about it that much, occasionally, occasionally I think most people kind of think about it, like, like, why, like, why does the world exist? Why are we here? You know, what's, you know, what's the reason for it all? And Again, maybe again, that's me. I'm an atheist, so sometimes I I I, I, I look at people who think, who who see the answer to that question in religion and think, wow, that's a little weird. But at the same time, I also kind of understand it. But at the same time, it's like when you when you play a game like Vampire Dark Ages, you're you're playing a game in a society where for everyone the answer is God. Yeah, and everyone's going to be talking about God probably at why? some part of every conversation yeah. you have. Yeah, why are we and here? God's wishes. Oh, because God, because God yeah. put us here. Quite obviously. You know? Why did that happen? It was God's God, will. Something quite God obviously happened for some reason. Yeah, yeah. He worked in mysterious ways, but he has a plan for yeah. us all. Yeah, exactly. And of course, you know, there was always arguments and and questions about like how much is free will, how much is predestination. You know that kind of thing. There wasn't agreement necessarily on that, so so there was space for argument there. But at the same time, it was like there was no science, there was no scientific method, there was no like understanding that uh, 
you know, the universe worked in, in certain conditions. Was the world flat at this point in history? No, no, no. People oh, okay, okay. That. People understood stars and stuff? And he, he, no, well, no. But not stars, chemistry? Not chemistry. Not, okay. not, 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 not like astronomy. But people understood the world was round because that was easy to figure out because to figure out that the Earth is round, all you got to do is go stand on the shore of the ocean and watch a ship sail away from you and you can watch it vanish under the horizon, which implies I, that... Which okay. implies that that the earth is round. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's just one, that's just one thing. Had because... that anyone gone to, uh, like, yeah, but they still thought that if you sailed to the East, you'd go to India West. Yeah. Well, if they I mean... sailed to the West of Spain. They still thought they'd go to, but I mean, that's, they knew it was round, obviously, if they thought they were going to India. And, yeah. They knew it was round. And I think even at a certain point, the uh, Chinese and Greek astronomers, like, man, like, imagine a time where there like, was a whole half of the earth, Half of the yeah. Earth you didn't even know about. Yeah, imagine they, that. Imagine finding some, that. They had to use some geometry to get some pretty good estimates about how, what the overall size of the Earth was, and they had yeah, some sure. pretty good ideas. Yeah, they were yeah. like, like not the exact. You could figure not, it out. Yeah, not very exact, but within like within like ten or twenty percent. People sailing ships did bizarre ancient alchemy arithmetic to with stars and. Astrolabes oh, yeah. to <laughs> to yeah. get around. Yeah, 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 exactly. And plumb bobs. Yeah, but and but and that's the thing too that you got to think about too when you're thinking about people living at this time. All I, that kind oh, of so stuff cool. was magic. Ah, oh, like, so cool. Like to a certain degree, like writing was magic. Yeah, you know, because you could take an idea that was in your head and <laughs> set it down somewhere. And it would last. It you would could fucking draw a map of the new world and slap your goddamn name in the middle of it. And we could still be sitting here. What? <laughs> How many hundreds of years later? Calling it America. Right. <laughs> Some dude drew the map and was like, that will just real big right here. Let's call this part America. Whole half of the planet, the Americas. Mm -hmm. Good job, guy. <laughs> one, one Italian dude. Yeah. Uh, map maker. Yeah. Drew the map. Um, um three clan books came out. They were the Bali, the Cappadocians, and the Salubri, yes, which was cool. And they they had casts and stuff and two disciplines. Right. Because the Salubri are not even in the original Dark Ages book, because it takes no, place after, it after does. the it's Tremere. Tremere. Yeah, it yeah. mentioned this by a bunch. The Tremere was around ten hundred. Yeah, the Tremere thing was ten twenty two. I forget exactly when the Diablery was, and this game takes place eleven ninety seven. So, Saul has already been Diablerized, and a lot of the Salubra clan has already been hunted down. But there, there are, like in the, I I remember now looking at it. The in the original player's guide when they when it shows up, um, it says there are only seven Salubri left in the entire yes. world. And each time one embraces somebody, the childer diabolos the sire. Yeah, which is super weird, but okay. Yeah, you okay. Well, I, I guess that the sire has achieved Golconda at that point. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, crazy um, weird. But yeah, only seven, and then they're gonna, and they want to keep it at seven for whatever yeah. reason. That's their yeah. that's the mechanic of it. Yeah, it's something magic. Anyway, there's more than seven left in 1197. There's more than yes. seven. Left. 
left. Yeah, so yeah, there's a they, whole bunch of them. Yeah, so that's why they also have a client so book. Their meta story hasn't really. Yeah, and I would like to look at that. I will. I will look at that at some point. Yeah, what, um, I don't remember reading the the Bali clan book. I have Bali, it right here. I read. We'll talk about. Maybe we will. Yeah, it's Honestly, dirty. It's filthy. It's Black Dog I'm, Publishing House. Oh, I bet. Oh, it's yeah. Black Dog. Yeah. Black Dog. Just, just Did they do out. the Zamish clan book, Black Dog? No. Oh, okay. Uh, but um, just for everyone out there, um, Black Dog was White Wolf's quote-unquote alter Adults. ego publishing company. Right. Like, like White Wolf was already the Edgelord company. This um, was the super-duper. Black Dog just kicked it right off the edge. This um, is like you want you I, want to get you're 14 and you want to get in trouble for having a role playing game in your room. Bring home something by Black Dog Publishing. Looking back at some of these some of the Black Dog stuff now, it's just so stupid over the top. Oh boy, they did the Fomori book. Which we will so, talk about Freak Legion. So stupid, ugly over the top. <laughs> <laughs> They did not do the Sabbat books because the Black Dog wasn't a thing during the Sabbat books. Yeah. But they did the only real. They did one of the best, but also like one of the most fucked up and one of the only real big Sabbat source books outside of the main Sabbat book, which was Montreal by Night. Oh, weird! Interesting. Montreal okay. And it was full of you know because it was it was one, it was the only by night book that was about a Sabbat city. Okay, sure. Okay, interesting. Neat. Okay, cool. And, and man, it was fucked up. I got um, a copy of the Spectres book over here. Spectres. I remember running a Spectre LARP. <laughs> a one shot. In uh, Adam's basement. Yeah, in Adam's basement. <laughs> there was, I, I thought about... There was a spooky tape playing that has a whole story yeah, behind it, but there was please. A spooky tape playing. There were a couple of spooky tapes playing. It was um, the best was, spooky tape I've ever heard in my life. We put on a bunch of. Um, we turned off all the lights and replaced all of the lights with like black, black lights. lights. Oh man, it was and dope like, too. It, whoa, it was that was a like, good, yo like, yo good job. That one like, was good. I remember. I have that one. I think. I think I ran that with somebody else. I had somebody else. Yeah, helping me. you had a you had an assistant because you were in the back room being the Malfian, who was in charge of whatever was happening, and you had a you had an assistant out in the main room with the rest of us. Oh yeah, it was it was dumb. It was I forget. I don't even remember the story. It was a bunch of specters trying to do. We were competing some, for something for some elder god. Yeah, for some elder god's favor, yeah. and uh, and I think one of them was one like there was one infiltrator who was a good guy, and you guys yep. failed to catch the good guy, and they escaped with their with the. With the plants, the Death Star, or whatever. Oh, so yeah, the, the, the muffin, yeah. yeah <laughs> exactly, the MacGuffin. And I was like, oh, the Malphine is angry and he kills everyone I get at the end of the game. That's fair. That, I recall that one. That one was good. Yeah. I, man, I've been thinking about oh, so many man. of little stories about all of these games we were in. Oh, my God. And everybody stomping around in like the darkest, blackest, like most gothiest BSDM kind of oh, game. Oh, yeah. Ever manage put on some like really fucked up looking makeup and i'm sure i had all kinds of belts and rags hanging off yeah of yeah, yeah exactly everyone it was great it was so good driving home from one of those games at some point we got pulled over and the i was sitting behind the driver and after the police officer talked to the driver for a little bit like as he was saying you know all right have a good night he said tell your friend to wash that shit off his face <laughs> 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 
<laughs> yeah, I had I had a lot of black makeup on my face from being at a Wraith game. Yeah, I think that was actually a different Wraith game, which. Different. Actually, I'll tell you what. Are you the reason that I'm friends with? I'll bleep the last name, but Aaron. Maybe. I think he was friends with a friend of yours that yeah, painted probably. that painted White Wolf la- logos on his T-shirts by hand. Does that sound oh. familiar? Uh, yeah, I forget who painted the logos. By but hand. yeah, you know, you that was a friend of yours because he didn't go to our high school, but he was of your age. The guy oh, that painted the logos. Was that my friend Ben? Could have been, for all I know. Yeah, but I think he was also friends with Aaron. But I met him at the at the Wraith game where the cop told me to wash my face. Yeah, Aaron was a cool guy. He was um, great. I, I Yeah, I talked to him within a few years, but it's been a couple. But uh, yeah. he is, yeah, he is a, he's a funny, he's a funny yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, he was always like sort of on the, on the, the fringe of our, our, our uh, RPG group. He yeah, some, yeah, yeah. Played a few games, but like, you yep. know, it wasn't like, it wasn't like his main thing. Yep. Yeah. Um, they put out clan novels for Dark Ages. I don't yes. know if all 13 clans they, get one. They put out a bunch of clan novels. The only clan novel I remember reading... Um, I want to read them all. It wasn't actually... I might have read one or two of them. Um, I remember reading a trilogy about uh, that focused on Lucita the Lysombra. Oh, okay. Interesting. But it might not have been the Lysandra clan novel. No, but I, okay. but no, but but, the, but I think it was a continuation of the Lysandra clan novel because Lucita okay. is um, Lucita was the was the subject of the of the Lysandra clan novel because she was like one of the she was like she was always like the big Lysandra like signature character like she's a Lysandra tribute too basically after the Dark Ages. Okay, um, cool. But she was she was she was Interesting. a big character. She shows up in the Transylvania Chronicles, actually, too. Um, hey, let anyway. me, uh, yeah, let me refill my coffee, and then maybe we'll talk about. Yeah, I have an these... idea about. I have an idea about talking about the about plans. structure. Oh, yeah, go Be- go get your coffee. Yeah, before I get my coffee, I just want to say the art in this section is Tim Brook at the height of his power. Oh yeah, yeah yeah. Be right back. All right, I am back. Thank you. No problem. So I was thinking, just as a change, um, we should go through these clans backwards from the Ventru. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. As Great. The Astmites. Um, I really do want to get a map, of, like a blankish map of Europe, and I want to draw like where the territories. Oh. Oh, dude, there's oh, a... Oh, that's that must already exist, huh? There's a mod for... Um, Crusader Kings? Crusader 3 called oh. Princess of Darkness. Oh, no. Oh. And it, it's... I, I'm not a huge fan of Crusader Kings 3. I think Crusader Kings 2 is better. 2 but, is um, the one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 2, I think, is a little deeper right now because it's, cause it's older and there were more DLC. But 3 has some better... Has some good like other systems and stuff and it works really well for this mod anyway um let's i don't let's not get too sidetracked with okay. that yeah uh i mean you know i want i want 4k vampire the masquerade in any form 
I may, I don't know. I mean, maybe I would prefer Dark Ages. I love Dark Ages. I am going to run Transylvania Chronicles. Hey, I meant to say 4X, probably, obviously, style of gameplay. So, the Ventru. The Ventru. The Ventru. Yeah, and this is also the reason why I want to go backwards, because the Ventru we talked about last week and the Ventru are exactly the same. Kind of. Yeah. This is, uh, the, this is the previous uh, structure of Ventru government to what yeah. we have in Vampire the Masquerade. Right, where every Ventru has got their own castle, ideally, and um, very often they are bound, not necessarily blood-bound, but they um, are sworn to, to a liege, to a lord above them, um, very feudal and, style. And these Ventru often have disagree- are often very inept at working together they 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 often work with other vampires over other venture because you know all of these lordships and domains have a lot of clashing ideas which is uh you know right. the venture are as one in the new structure in vampire the masquerade have come together as you know a very unified yeah. uh noble network <laughs> yeah. something like exactly. that exactly um, they have a king and a queen, the venture yeah. here today in the Dark Ages, where right. we are now. An ever-changing king and queen. Yeah. Do they hold they elections? Yeah, it doesn't say. Well, there's the mm-hmm. ways of the clan section in the next oh, area. Oh, yes. Did it, does it say in there? Hold on. They have a grand court. It doesn't say how they chose the king, who was the fourth generation prince named Alexander. Oh, the prince of Paris is a venture. That's interesting, because you think of... The Toreador are from France. Yeah, but the Toreador in the Dark Ages are not the Toreador that we know either uh, in the in the in the modern age. But we'll get to that later. Uh, Soon enough. I like yeah. that they are. Um, a lot of them were Crusaders and Templars. Again, trying to f- round up all the weapons of mass destruction. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Getting that holy grail and keeping it in the basement. Yeah. But you can see, too, it says there's a sizable minority of moneylenders and merchants. Yep. So, you know, again, this is this is the that kind of split between, like, military aristocracy and, like, you know, rich merchants is something that um, in the Middle Ages in Europe was always kind of... There was always a tension between them because it was like mer- merchants are still commoners, um, but they become exactly, powerful. But they become powerful. You're not exactly to the point yet of like the age of exploration, um, where there's all this trade, you know, with Asia and the New World, and you know, merchants are making money like like insane amounts of money hand over fist, so they become more wealthy and powerful than than the nobility. That's not really happening yet, right? Um, yes. But that's but the trends it's trending. Yeah, the 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 start of some of that trend is there, and it still happens. It it it, it can happen in certain areas, in certain places, where the merchants just just strike it rich and get get a lot of money. And there's that tension there because it's like, how dare you rise above us? You're a commoner, and definitely, um, some attitudes of some aristocracy that like participating in trade is beneath them. You know. Oh, totally. Oh, yes. Um. 
Like, no, we make our money because we have a lot of land and we tax the peasants. You know, that's the noble way to make money. Exactly. Greatest that's how, that's how... <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, but, uh, but yeah, the, the very beginnings of the venture is interesting because I think in a lot of these clan descriptions, they, they, they can't help but have a little hint of what's to come uh, for these clans. Uh, over over the next few centuries and into the modern age, and it always seems like these clans have a description of how they are now, but always something that seems like the the seed. Yeah, of, yeah, absolutely, of what, absolutely. Of what they're gonna, of what they're going to be, eight hundred years down the road. The shemise, shemish, yeah, I, I uh, whatever think, it is. <laughs> I think the right way is shemise or something Jemise, like. You told I me to ask a Greek guy. <laughs> Yeah, I thought, yeah, I've I've heard, I've heard, you know, like, from Greece or the or the Balkans, like how they would say it. The Shammai say, I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it different every single time it comes oh. out of my mouth, just to be weird. Well, you know, uh, I'm recording this, so I will check and see if you actually are able to pull it off. So challenge uh, begins now. And and I do I do apologize. I don't mean to make fun of anybody who whose actual language this or language groups this word belongs to. I just don't know how to say it. Yeah. Um, and it does it probably does come from to language to some, groups. Like it is a mash yeah, of those yeah. it sounds like a word from those areas. Yeah. From Wallachia. Yeah. Or Greece or Yeah. Uh, the Balkans, Eastern Europe, yes. But to me, someone who grew up speaking English this word looks crazy. Yeah, it's, yes, this word looks crazy. T-Z-I-M-I-S-C-E. Sorry if I just steamrolled your spelling oh, no, of the no. word. but No, you spelled it. I was about to say Tizamiska. Tizamiska. No, that's, that's, I'm sure that's not it. That's super wrong. Anyway, so yeah, I think we were also saying the other week, uh, about the Ventru, about how the MSA are like basically like Eastern European versions of the Ventru, which is which is really that's that's not doing them quite enough justice. They do also, have the nobility thing going on, but it really do, but I mean you know what a lot of these there's there are ways you could say like these guys are sort of the this version of these other guys, but they're all kind of interconnected in that way, which I think makes it interesting. Yeah. Um but they you know the uh, the I, I guess from reading the description, the really the, these these are the Shamasay with vicissitude. By the way, yeah, not the, not the quote unquote old clan, and they don't mention the old clan here at all. Um, maybe I kind of skimmed the the ways of the clan section mm. that comes later. Maybe they mention the old clan there. I didn't see it. Um, the, yeah, do we know when that happened? Obviously, before this. Sometime before this, and and the I I seem to remember seeing something that's like when it happened, it spread quickly throughout the whole clan. Even yeah. the Angelou himself really embraced um, vicissitude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that becomes a plot point in some meta clan stuff. Like sure. yeah, like it's in the dark, uh, the black hand books and stuff. Yeah, like the Shamasay Angeluvian, it's got a vicissitude of ten, like no question. Um, so that's the thing about the Shamasay that that they have this this discipline vicissitude that lets them like shape flesh and bone like it's clay. 
Yeah. It's, it's really weird. Real uh, Castlevania the animated series type of shit going on with these Draculas. Like, I mean, this is... Uh, these are my guys. I've realized that, like, the guys I like in every splat are just the worst ones. And these might not be the very, very worst ones. The Bali are hanging out here. But, like, these guys yeah. are bad. If it... If their clan book was not published by Black Dog, it did come in a black plastic bag like pornography. Oh yeah, because of the one of the covers, or, or like there was the there was something genital looking. It looked like a genital upon a face. I think I've got it here. It, Hold on, it was a yet. sideways mouth, is what I'm what it was. There was a picture of a of a face with on a sideways back. mouth, and it was censored. It might have had back. a it's yeah. on the back cover. It's on the back cover of this. Maybe a general. really explicit looking piercing that makes it look. Yeah, it, there's there's some stuff happening here, so it's questionable whether this is, um, a actual genitals or a face sculpted to look like vagina dentata. I think that's the idea. It's it's terrible. Either that, or someone has placed an eyeball above there. Is, is there one eyeball above the vagina? I can picture this in my mind from for twenty five no, years. I've, I've got I've got it. I'll send you. Or a is it some right kind there. of piercing uh, tying the top of the mouth vagina together? Yeah, no. And there's just sort of the suggestion of two eyes that you can kind of see off to the side. I'll send you the picture. Right oh, now. okay. Is it um, is I it Tim Brook? I don't know. I, the back, <laughs> the back, the back cover art maybe is Tim Brook. So yeah, Zamish clan book was cool, and uh, these guys are cool. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I almost forgot that we like haven't talked about them yet, but these guys are my guys. I think it's cool yeah. that they have animalism. I thought they were always awesome too. Um, so the, partly because vicissitude is really weird, but really cool. Yeah. Um, these guys make and- monsters. They are monsters. They become monsters. They transform in all types of ways. I was gonna say. Oh, I see it. Yeah, it's got that they're... that piercing mm-hmm. on it. Yeah. Yep. I was gonna say the thing about the Shamase that that they really emphasize a lot is like one of their defining emph- uh, traits is their cruelty. Yeah, their inhumanity. Know? Yeah, these are the and, bad uh, guys. Their opinions of that their opinions of everyone are my favorite opinions. Yeah, they hate everybody. Hate everybody. They have. Oh, they boy. have. They have some respect for surprisingly. Uh, Gangrel? A couple, a couple different clan. Gangrel, mm-hmm. they have some respect for. And Nosferatu, they have some respect yeah, for. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Um, but everyone else is like, these guys are pieces of shit. These guys are the, I mean, they or, really are the Castlevania guys. Or they're, or they're stupid. Yeah. yeah, they're, either yeah. Stu- they're either stupid or they're Cretans. Like, yeah. The, the, and you know what's cool about the Zemich, too, is that they are... Their their clan weakness is that they have to sleep in the earth of their home. Yeah, they just like Dracula. Very territorial to the lands from their home. So despite all that vicissitude, that sort of like thing about changing, they're so tied. To like everything, they change so much about themselves and about the other living things around them. But something has to stay the same mm. for them. Mm-hmm. And they that need that. They need that constant of their yeah. yeah of the earth is the place they're from. So that's, I think that's a really cool resonance. Um, this is an interesting place to also talk about because we talk about like their cruelty. Um, this is something else that I wasn't sure I liked about. Okay, well actually, sorry, let me back up. No problem. The, 
one of the things that they talk about in one of the things that they have in Vampire Dark Ages are the roads, which yeah. are um, alternate moral structures that vampires can learn to replace humanity. Um, these were previously in the game um, for Sabat characters um, and occasionally for independent vampires um, called Passive Enlightenment. Yes. Um, and um, back in the day, I loved Passive Enlightenment because I was like, this is so interesting. These alternate takes on, on ethics and these alternate takes on morality for a vampire. And yeah, what, design, would a, what would a vampire consider right and wrong for right. his clan or his? And this I, this idea that a vampire doesn't necessarily have to cling to their humanity mm-hmm. to stave off mm-hmm. the beast and to mm-hmm. avoid becoming like a mindless a mindless creature of the night, you know? Because that was kind of lame. You couldn't torture people. You couldn't blow people's brains out in the street. You know, you would go mad, and that kind of sucked. So, yeah, we have an option. You can um, believe in blood gods or whatever, right? And even now not wanting to play murder hobo games is interesting yeah. to think about these alternate takes on on ethics and morality like what would it what would it be like to to be you know it's really an interesting layer sort of, to the character you're creating it really yeah, is a, it's another thing like, to think about especially in this age where everyone's yeah. a catholic yeah um but um, the thing about the passive alignment war it was that it was like to, in order to access them in 20th century vampire, you really had to be in the Sabbat. Yep. And that that entailed a lot of other baggage. Yep. Um, Really, Camarilla, really, there was just no old princes or anything were said to have anything like that. It just as it was, it was the Camarilla was just the guys that did humanity, kind of. If you if you could not blend into human the human world, you cannot you cannot take place you can't be part of the masquerade sure okay yeah okay i guess that makes sense yeah the camarilla for for all of like it it appeared to be you know for for in a lot of ways it's it's a very cynical power structure about just like keeping order um and keeping keeping things under wraps and keeping the masquerade um but very subtly baked into that is the idea that that vampires need to keep some humanity. Yep. Uh, that yep. Because otherwise, you you cannot blend in. It was um, a real. I mean, it was a big part of the mechanics. Yeah. Of the we, original, the original yeah, system. Yeah. And we we ignored that. It was yeah, like totally. We were we we were doing the things yeah. I had just said, blowing people's brains out and blowing well, up and, anything we saw. Rocket. Yeah. Well, I mean. There were mechanics for humanity and for passive enlightenment that we ignored, especially as 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 related to things like social roles, sure. like sure. Um, like vampires. I forget exactly how it works again, but like vampires with low humanity have like caps or penalties on on yeah. interacting with mortals because mm-hmm. they're divorced from them, and and vampires with passive enlightenment um, are, were even worse. Um, so the thing about Dark Ages is they have all these roads, which are you know early precursors of some of those paths of enlightenment or, or, you know, whole different paths of enlightenment all on their own, their own roads. Like the more, like a lot of them never really sat right with me, I guess. Okay. Um, they didn't quite make sense to, it, it didn't quite make sense. Code. Yeah. They, for some, for some, it didn't quite make sense. And for others, it, it's like, I, I felt like it was, it was like too, it was like too much of a gamey thing. 
Okay. It was too easy. It was too easy to be like. I'm gonna follow it, these rules and then not have to worry about humanity. Yeah, exactly. It. it I think. I'm looking for the actual like charts of the sins. Yeah, yeah. They had the. They had those whole hierarchies of sins, which yeah, I yeah, always yeah. thought were kind of like. Uh, I, I was. Yeah, too you sure. thought that was too gamey. I thought in some cases it were too gamey. Yeah, I, I felt like it was. I felt like for too many characters, it was too easy to just abandon humanity and adopt a road. Sure, totally. And it was. It made the game a little bit more like D and D. Yeah. And I, sh- I, for me too, I should <laughs> say that this was also kind of a period of time where I was really down on D and D. I was like, I hate D and D. Oh wow. Like- I don't like the game system. I don't like the settings. I don't like anything about it. Well, I've um, never heard someone say that. Yeah, my my views have softened, but um, like when I say D and I'm mostly thinking about really old A D and D first and second edition, which was really my exposure to to the D and D systems. Everything I've seen now, the D and D systems are much more rationalized. They're much smoother. They're much more yeah, fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and I know it, what you're talking about, though. It's it's barely the and same game at all, like except for the fact that you were rolling some d20s, you know. Um, it's barely the same game, as far as I'm aware. Um, so I know that. So, and and again, but at the time, I was like, there were a lot of things I didn't like about D and D. So anything that reeked of D and D to me, sure, kind of kind of kind of got my hackles up in a weird way. And kind of maybe be like, oh no, this is something I don't like because it's like D and D, you know. There was and in in D and D in a lot of, I mean, it is almost just still kind of a thing. But there is uh, a certain type of game like that where they're just any supplement or whatever is just adding systems on top of systems, and sometimes just baked into the base game. There are, and I almost and I definitely saw these roads as as you know a a secondary system as something that I could ignore for sure. But like, you know, it's just there, there's, there are other systems to give, to guide your gameplay, to give you, you know, another penalty or another reward for behaving in a certain way. And this is one of those tactile kind of systems, which I can see why that makes you think of D and D, especially uh, third edition and the kind of stuff you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, and, I, the the other part of it was too is is I I guess I felt like I guess I felt like the roads didn't really sort of capture the actual way I thought people would be acting. Sure. In the Middle Ages, um, you know, it, it just it seemed like too much of a conception of like Hollywood Middle Ages and like and like obviously this is a vampire game there's going to be some quote unquote like Hollywoodization of it or like, sure. you know, like fantasization of it. But it seemed like it was, it seemed like it was too much. It, it was, it just seemed like it was like, this seems just so like not real. Um, you know, at this, but even, even at the same time, understanding that it made sense for people for, for certain kinds of vampires, like the Zemisi to not have to worry about humanity. humanity yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. It's hard because it's hard to say, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna tell a story about how, you know, 
vampires need to fight against the beast and they need to cling to their humanity otherwise terrible things will happen to them but you you still want other vampires in the game to be able to do like all the brutal shit that like Tremere and Zemisi or whatever do yep you need to find some kind of some kind of way to say that that, that this is allowed that the Zemisi are are able to be all cruel and horrific and and monstrous um and still keep their minds and still, and keep, still keep and it's and all it's all gets, yeah exactly it all functions functions to keep their inner beasts in check yeah anyway so yeah it's i i definitely remember thinking most of the roads i i was i was unhappy with the way they were structured i was unhappy with the sort of like precepts i i like i, I felt like it didn't really fit the setting properly it was like sure it felt weird it did it, like i didn't like it would you have liked it if, like, do the Zemish have a certain path that's associated with them in either setting? Would no, you have liked it if it was just the same paths or? Yeah. No, that's that's the thing. It says, even here, it says, it says Zemish follow a variety of roads. So the road oh, of the beast yeah. most common. Um, a few openly profess allegiance to the road of humanity. Some It's basically like. Follow obscure roads combining aspects of devil, beast, and blood. You wow. Know, it's like, it's like they tried to put in strands of vampire religion because obviously someone must pass these morals on to one another. But like they didn't like, they certainly didn't want to make it feel like various vampire religions. And there's almost nothing talked about the practition of any of these or how they're passed along. And it really just seems like a game system as yeah. a result. I would have preferred if it was more of like a vampire religion. I would have preferred if like these roads were almost like then it would like, make sense. Yeah, yeah, well, make like, a little more sense. Yeah, the way that like the covenants are in Requiem, a kind of like like not as not as much as like a sect, obviously, like not, yeah. not organized like a sect, but like yeah, like religions basically, like you know, you need a system of belief to keep you know, like I said, the yeah. inner beast. Yeah, and and they're you know, and they're and. When you look at the Path of Enlightenment and you hear about how the Path of Enlightenment are structured in the Sabbat, they are structured like religions, but that's because the the Sabbat is also like a like a cult, basically. Yeah, it's a doomsday cult. Yep, with like a bunch of little sub religions. Um. Anyway, so yeah, so that, those are the, that's the Zemish. They're cool. Say. See me say. <laughs> Whoa! Excuse me. Bless me. Whoa! Pwah. Holy shit. Move to the next one. We have the Tremere. The Tremere. I still like these guys. I like this the, artwork. The Usurpers. Oh, man. Everyone hates them. So many people hate them. The outrage over Solace Diablo Jason continues to plague them. No shit. The Zemish hate them. That's cool. There's a mish thirst for revenge. The gang will find the Tremere in obscenity. The course of the kinetics who prefer. Oh, everybody hates them. Oh my god. How do they do it? How do they stay alive in their castles, surrounded by gargoyles? Thaumaturgy and gargoyles. This talked about maybe in that other, um, uh, in the second section about the ways of the clans. It talks a little bit about how. The gargoyles are, um, uh, I think it said Nosferatu and Zemish blood, and they were actually created with a hatred of Nosferatu and Zemish as a result. Oh, and boy. that 
It said something about the the and they do have a gar, they do embrace. It said something about the gargoyle embrace. I think it might erase the memory your human memories. And of course over like however right. many years you you automatically and they they have fortitude and uh puissance, vigor. They have fortitude and vigor whatever it's called. And they only have two clan disciplines. And uh but they automatically become Hard, they like get points in stamina and uh, yeah. strength or something as they age. Yeah, they can turn to stone during the day, so they don't have to worry about finding a place to rest. They can just turn to stone and. That's cool. Cappadocians can turn into corpses and lay in the sun. Yeah. Oh, we're gonna get to it, but I just I really I thought a lot about this week about my favorite vampire power, which I'll I, I'm, I will point out when we get to it. But yeah, so the Tremir, cool wizards, terrible Diabler, Di- Diabolist wizards. Not not that different from the 20th century version. Well, we did talk a lot about their history, and really their history is why they're yeah. so notorious. Like they're yeah. known for being dangerous and for this, yeah. because everyone knows this. Because this yeah. is one of the this is one of the biggest things that happened in vampire history while vampire history was being recorded. Like this is yeah. legendary. What happened here? Yeah, this is this is easily one of the most consequential things that happened in vampire history in the last thousand years. And there are people around that remember this happening. And oh yeah, even yeah. you know even to even in Vampire the Masquerade in the modern day, which yeah, exactly. The so 20th. these guys look down on everyone too. But yeah, yeah. let's go ahead. Let's go ahead to the Toreador. I like them. So did they start in Spain? They are all over the place. They were in Rome. They are now in Spain, Italy, and France. Yeah, they they come in Spain, Italy, and France. I feel uh, like they were Spanish in origin, kind of perhaps. Yeah, I think they were all around. I, I remember seeing something about them in Athens in their history area. Yeah, they were. I mean, they were all around. The, the Toreador were all yeah. over the place. They, they were big in the Roman Empire, even though the Ventru were running the Roman Empire. The Toreador were, were these guys were, were always the Ventru girlfriends. They were the they were exactly exactly <laughs> like on the TV or, show. Listen, if you need to, if if you want to spend all your time hanging out making artwork, you got to have a sugar daddy. Exactly. You have to, and probably someone, you know, with a lot of power, you know, someone that can, uh, a patron of your art. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you got to, you know, you de- definitely in Rome, for sure. You get your own little marble house out the back to live in and sculpt dudes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It would be a great thing for a Toriador to do. Yeah. Yeah. But um, the Torador in the Dark Ages are not up to anything. They're 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 seen as like sort of decadent and they love and to build cathedrals and kind, of, and kind of passive. Yeah, they're hanging out with church guys, which is dangerous. Yeah. But they prefer the road of humanity to all others. Yeah. <laughs> Part of their weakness is that they are most likely to fall in love with mortals. <laughs> so, yeah. so that tracks. And these guys were a big part about of the beginning of the Camarilla. These guys yes. love the masquerade. Yes, you know, I forgot. I forgot about that, and I didn't see it until later. But um, uh, yeah, again, we talked about the Torador, the, the Ventru, and the Tremere as like the sort of powers triumvirate of the of the Camarilla that comes later, and one mm-hmm. of the. One of the people who you know is so instrumental in the formation of the Camarilla, I forgot, was you know at least in the story is is uh, a torador named Rafael de Corazon, ah. uh, 
and he's really instrumental in, in, in pushing everybody to form the Carmarole, and he's really instrumental in, in some of the early formations. So, um, you know, that's that's the Torador influence of being like, you know, keep the humanity, keep, keep yep. the... Uh, that you know. seed of what they end up being in the modern age. Yeah, exactly. God damn, I love this fucking game. I can't believe how complex this fucking... I don't know what it is that astounds me that I can't get my head around like a whole world that exists in a series of books that are just bits of history and bits of rules that you have to write your own story for. And it's just like, there's something so uniquely special about tabletop role-playing games. Yeah. I don't know. Really, really, really. It's, yeah, it's I so good. I want to do this someday. What do you think about the Ravnos? Oh, the Ravnos. You know... The charlatans. The charlatans. You know, here's the thing about the Ravnos is... Um, already, I think... I think they're starting to move away from this idea that the Ravnos are all gypsies, because it's yep. part where it's character creation. Ravnos come from tinker, thief, or drifter types. Yep. Um certain mortal bloodlines such as those will someday be called Ram or Gypsies are preferred, but runaways and buskers of all ethnicities have found their way into the clan. So the thing about the Ravnos is, right, is is they're they're this they're this archetype of of like a trickster. Uh wandering creating, nomadic yeah, trickster type. Yeah. They're moving away from the caravan with crystal balls. That they, that yeah. we've kind of we have kind of criticized already, right? But but any kind of you, you know sort of like wandering con artist or trickster, yeah. um, you know illusionist, um, and which is what these guys are. Yeah, which is what these guys are, and that's and that's what they are in the dark ages, and um, specifically ideally, illusionists. I, yeah, specific illusionists, and I think. Uh, to be perfectly honest, I think what they've done in Vampire 20th, uh, no, it's not Vampire 20th, sorry, Vampire 5th um, edition, the newest version of yeah. Vampire, Ravnos are there, um, and they just have completely erased all mention of, of the Ram or Gypsies having to do with the Ravnos. Fine. The, yeah. Yeah. The Ravnos are just the thief vampires. They're, yeah, they're the that's right. Yeah, cool. Yeah. The sneaky ones, they're the shadowy ones, you know, they have illusion powers, um, you know. They have, I think, you know, some history, some more history that goes back to South Asia, you know. Um, I think they, 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 and they, they tie do. They, these guys originated, yeah. It's yeah, they tie because, because the East. yeah, because, because they, you know, legit, uh, Romani uh, people come from, you know, from nomadic people from from the the Indian subcontinent um, originally, so. Um, so that kind of tracks in a certain way, but you know, they, I think the, the, the kind of thing was they were, they they talk about legends of, uh, and I hope I'm remembering how to say this right, Rakshaka, which are a kind okay. of like, uh, Hindu demon myth. Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and they're all about like, they're all about illusion and deceit. Yep. No. Okay. Um, and that goes back to sort of like the, Hindu and and Buddhist kind of beliefs about about like the nature of the world and and you know uh, the nature of illusions and and you know demons are are like are are very are creatures of like of like uh, like deception you know that'll blind you and trick you and and make you think things that 
you know, aren't real, stuff like that. So that that's the kind of archetype, of, you know, that that is cool for the Ravnos. Um, you know. Yeah. Uh, this is a very disorganized and somewhat rare to come across clan. It's yeah. one of the main 13, but just kind of, yeah, one of the smaller ones. Yeah. Drifting around Europe. Yeah. yeah. Completely un unorganized. I actually yeah. like what it says in the organization here. Yeah. And everyone hates their guts because everyone, because they're always stealing from people. And even a bunch of fucking vampires who live for st from stealing blood from people and murdering people and politic and, and dominating folks still look down on the Ravnos. <laughs> yep. Everybody does. Yeah. Um, the clan weakness, this is interesting too, right? So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They have a flair for one particular flavor of deception, lying, theft, or gambling, and they have a compulsion requiring you to resist the, you know, the the temptation to indulge in that in that flavor of deception. Um, I'm again, I'm not sure how much it changed in Vampire Fifth Edition, but I, when I was playing the Night Road Choose Your Own Adventure game, which is based on Vampire Fifth Edition, I really should play it, so I'm caught up with the stuff you're talking about. It's honestly one of the best vampire things to come out in, in the last few years. I mean, I, I really want to play the. Honestly, believe that it's like a three dollar game or something. On yeah. Mobile. Um, it's a. Uh, you can play a Ravnos uh, if you spend like a couple extra dollars to buy a DLC or whatever. Oh, cool, Ravnos. cool. They had their weakness is they cannot sleep in the same place. Uh, every day they have to find some place to sleep in. That makes sense. They That's kind of cool. Yeah. They have to keep moving, and if you don't, you start taking damage. It's like it's like pain. It's like the curse. That's your curse. Is yeah. It's like your curse to to force to keep moving. Makes sense. Yeah. So that I like that as an alternate take on the on on a Ravno's weakness. Yeah. It has nothing to do. Has nothing. This has nothing to do whatsoever with with Darkest book. I just run away sideways with it. Cool Ravno. You know, I mean, they're cool. They're weird. Yeah. You know. They're uh, fine. They're you know. You know. I mean, yeah. There can be. There's definitely cool stories to tell about the Ravnos and Chimeristry. Is that what how you would Yeah, Chimeristry. Chimeristry. Yeah. What kind of stuff can you do with Chimeristry? Chimeristry is creating since, since we talked about vicissitude. Yeah, Chimeristry is creating illusions. So the lower levels are static illusions. So you you can do a lot with them. Like you can do simple stuff like. Yeah, this this thing I'm holding, this rock looks like a gem. Oh yeah, or this water pistol looks like an a pistol. It looks, it looks like a real gun. Yeah. yeah, or um, you know, or this candy bar looks like a gun. Yeah, maybe. Or this gun, or this gun looks like a candy bar. Ah, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that potentially more useful. Or like, I press myself into the corner of a room and make myself look like a chair, so nobody knows I'm in the room. Yeah. Um, and then, like higher levels, let you make illusions that move um, and interact. And then the highest level, or, or like you know, the illusion stays after you've walked away for a while. And the highest level is the horrid reality, which everyone was was super into because it was like you can um, you can make people basically pass out because they think they got killed. Oh, okay, yeah. 
That's powerful. So you can you can incapacitate people with fake phantom damage by making them think they're being attacked. Um, because normally with chemistry, if you make like an illusion of like a knife and then you try to stab with the illusion, it'll just pass through them. Sure. Yeah. 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 Um. But with horde reality, you make an illusion knife and you stab them with a the knife. They think they've been stabbed, so they they think they're bleeding. Um, and if you do enough phantom damage, you can make make them think that they're dead and they fall over, pass out. Do you ever read some Anne Rice books? Yeah, of course. I read the first three, I think, uh, Vampire Chronicles books, and then I started reading Tale of Body Thief, and I thought it was boring. And then I think I read Mem Like the Devil, which really was just about Anne Rice rewriting Genesis. Oh, kind of weird. Yeah, I definitely didn't get to that one. That's very weird. Um, I think, and I could be totally wrong, and I may have seen this word somewhere else, but I think the word stragoi is what I'm looking for. Is That word is in my head. S-T-R-O-G-O-I. I don't know if it shows up in the first Vampire Chronicles book, but she talks about how when Louis is traveling through Eastern Europe, there are vampires that basically are feral, that are like coming out of their graves at night. And like, you know, that kind of mythology of digging people up and putting stakes through corpses and, you know, that kind of where that kind of folklore comes from and these kind of very basic feral vampires. And I don't know why I'm asking. Well, I'm talking about sort of the vibe I get about these Nosferatu, but I also want to ask you. She tricks Lestat into drinking dead children's blood and then he has to hide in a swamp for 50 years? Question mark? Oh, from the movie? Yeah. I'm not even sure. Not exactly. I don't even remember what that portion of the book is like. But I forget exactly how it goes in in this story, but it's like if those vampires drink dead blood... They have to um, lie in a swamp for fifty years. No, no, no they, don't have, they don't have to lie in a swamp. But that's it, what that's it, what he did in the movie, I think. Um, it, no, it, it fucks them up though. Yeah, it like it seriously fucks them up. The reason he had to go lie in a swamp was because did he go into at, torpor? After he got fucked up, Claudia went and cut his throat. Oh. And then they went and threw him in a swamp. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Oh, in the movie. In the movie, and he wasn't. Oh, there. I might. Yeah, it's been a while, obviously. Yeah, and he wasn't there for fifty years because he came back like a few weeks later because they were planning to like leave, um, for for Europe. Oh, and he shows, remember that scene? He shows up and he's in the and he's all like fucked up looking and he's playing the piano in the. Oh the yeah. After they packed it away, and he's like, "Now nah, I'm gonna fucking kill you. You've been a very bad girl, Claudia." Um, but and fifty years up, later. No, Brad Pitt comes back and he's still ugly. Yeah, no, this because they set him on fire again after that. Oh my god! Uh, wow, I guess I need to rewatch that one. That one washes over me just like Dracula with counter reads. Hey. I just like can't pay attention to it. I've seen it a hundred times. Yeah, no, no. And now I've forgotten what happens. Oh my god! Stuck at fucked up. Wait, so they bad. light him on fire and then throw him in the swamp where he lays for fifty no. years? No, no, no. This is after he came back out. He doesn't lay in the swamp for fifty years. He lays in the okay. swamp for like a couple weeks. Um, but no, then he gets lit on fire and, um, this is in the movie and the book is different. Sure. Um, in the book, they try to kill him and then they leave and then they run him to run into him again in Paris. 
Okay. And the reason all the uh, theater of the vampires vampires try to kill Louis and Claudia is because Lestat tells them to. Because Lestat is an old buddy of theirs. Oh, okay, sure. In the movie, the reason they do it is because they figured, oh, Lestat made you, but Lestat is not here. So you must have killed him. You must have killed him. Obviously. Because they ask him, too. They're like, who's the one who made you? And they're like, you know, they, well, and I think, too, Armand can, like, read their minds or whatever. Yeah. Or whatever, because some of those vampires can read minds. So they know. They, they you know, they're like, oh, who are you? Oh, Lestat made you. And Lestat's not here. That definitely means he's dead. Because we know Lestat. <clears throat> and if you're running around here by yourself, nothing good happened to him. So that's why they that's why they kill Claudia. Um, yeah, I guess they, I was. And they don't kill Louis because. Let's well, not doesn't so. Claudia? Oh. They also kill Claudia because she's created a child in the movie. Yeah, that too. I forget if they did. that happens in the book too. Whatever. Yeah, I, I really don't. Maybe I'll reread that one. I got a whole list of books to read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Anyway, yeah, Strigoi is, um, it comes from, it comes from, um, I guess I was going to ask, if you drink dead blood, do you become a Strigoi? Probably no. not. Uh, no, I don't They're just so. lesser vampires in the Anriceiverse. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about the Anriceiverse. It's just a word that is, it is a word that just means it like a vampire, basically. Yeah. Um, you know, or... The way they're like described the, in that it, book, it, it, it has like the same same root as like Strix or Strega. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like a witch. Yep. Um, you know, um, in 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 Vampire the Requiem, the Strix are a specific kind of like evil, like shadow bird spirit that prey on vampires. Oh. You know. Okay. Uh, yeah, they're a big deal in Vampire the Requiem Second Edition. The Strix. Uh, I was actually I was looking at Second Edition today. Yeah. I like Requiem. Yeah, they're not really clear on exactly where the Strix are from or or what they're about, but the Strix hate vampires, and they. But they're a lot like, but they are pretty much just vampires without bodies, and that might okay. be why they that might be why they hate the vampires because they have bodies. That's, I mean, that's a common, you know yeah. what, yeah, the dead hate more than anything. Watching yeah. the living walking around. Living. Yeah. So, yeah, so the Nosferatu are uh, considered monstrous and demonic and live in catacombs and out of sight. Yeah, like I, like I said, I think in the Nosferatu podcast that, you know, they're extra double cursed by God. Exactly. Yes. Hideously defigured and removed from God's perfect form. Yeah. Their their nickname in the Dark Ages are is lepers. Of course. They hang yeah. around leperies. Yeah. And I mean Leproseries? Le- leper colonies. Leproseries. 
the oh le, the prosseries. That's yeah. the word. That's how was. Yeah, I see <laughs> it. I, was I see it. Word, yeah. They tend to inhabit ancient catacombs, leproseries, dungeons, ethnic ghettos, and tenements outside the city walls. Yeah. Turn the wrong corner in Sin City, and you might run into this guy in, the you know, the 1300s. Yeah. Oh, my God. The huge cesspits common to medieval towns provide ample, if foul, shelter from the daytime sun, and even the most zealous witch hunter is unlike to go digging through a mountain of dung and search for a sleeping vampire. Just oh. bury yourself. Just bury yourself in shit. Oh my god, that's. I don't know, man. Maybe I would yeah. just go. Maybe I just go into the sunlight. You're really. I mean, you're really pushing the whole Nosferatu vibe when you're saying this guy just sleeps in the. He rises from the cesspool. Maybe his nose hasn't just been chopped off. Maybe his whole olfactory and his. Maybe his. Oh, Jesus Christ. I don't care. I don't care if I'm a vampire that doesn't need to breathe. I'm not sleeping in the shit if I still have a mouth on my body. Yeah, for real. <laughs> <laughs> poor guys. These awful poor guys. Yeah. The Salubri showed them kindness. Yeah. They So they hate the Shamir. They hate the Shamir. One more reason to hate the Shamir. Their friend Salite treated them with compassion. Yeah. They still are known to have an information, a network of information. They still, it seems to say, it seems to, it seems to feel that they're often hiding behind the walls in the castles and in dungeons, listening to all the gossips from every angle. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They don't have their vast underground empire, but they are starting to begin a network of spies and sneaky, ugly men. Yes. They got, they got animalism and they got obfuscate, so... Yeah, the Nosferatu. Uh, yeah, they don't have any. They do not. They don't have a particularly. Yeah, I've been trying to point out if there is a unique discipline. I really like that the Zamish have animalism. I think having like wolves with you is a real Zamish thing. Yeah, one hundred percent. So or sometimes, or sometimes like swarms of insects. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. You know, flocks of ravens. Yeah. No, do any vampires <laughs> in uh, any of these games turn into a flock of bats or a flock of ravens? I feel like that's like a high-level protean. Like a high-level protean, yeah. That, that sounds yeah. To turn it to turn into like a like a swarm of yeah. Of animals. I can't um, believe. I can't believe Protean can you can break off your finger and make it a little man. That's such a vicissitude thing. That's such a sabbat thing. That's such a not a gangrel thing. Having your fingers run, I may I don't know. Might make for some cool gangrel stories. Gangrels that have their fingers running around like little men. I mean, you need to be a sixth generation gangrel for that, right? So you need to be yeah. pretty, pretty powerful. Like, is it? Oh, is it sixth generation? Which is. Yeah, it's a level seven ability. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, the Malkavians. Malkavians are the same. Malkavians in this game, <laughs> Dementation instead of um, Dominate, because the Dementation was already written at this point, and I think. Yeah. I think I think the writers. They of, were starting to decide that the Malkavians should just have yeah. Dementation instead of Dominate all the time. 
Uh, yeah, this is one of the. This might have been the first time where Malkavians just flat out had the invitation. Yeah, it might be. Uh, uh, the uh, it maybe I need to look at the clan organization again. For some reason, and maybe it's just because of the signature character I think of for Dark Ages and Malkavian is Anatole. I think of the Malkavians always having to do with something with with religion. Interesting. Uh, uh, which is not like, quite, which is not exactly, yeah. No, not, not at all. Not, it, it doesn't have to be at all. But for some reason, I always think of Malkavians who are... Um, Interpreting their madness through through religion, sure, yeah, or who are like living as like monks, right? Okay, yeah, it makes sense. It's a good archetype for a Malkavian for sure. You know, trying to trying to get through their their night to night madness and and just but trying to like live quietly, you know, and just feeding off of like you know their herd in a monastery. Yep. You know, stuff like that. I don't know why. That, I don't know why. That's that's de- there, there's definitely a lot more to the Mel- to the Malkavians than that. Um, but for some reason, that's that's like the archetypal image I think of when I think of a Dark Ages Malkavian. Sure. Um, they are. You know, we talked about their history uh, in the Camarilla, and that you know how they were uh, involved with Rome and stuff, and they are still. I mean, at this point. They are often around uh, as they play the role as jesters and bozos in in Canaanite society. Although it does say seers as well, which is really... And they have their own kind of spy network. Yeah. They are a mental-focused... Yeah, exactly. We we talked about how with their disciplines, they they can be even better spies than than the Nosferatu. Sure. Like, the question always is, is, is... interpreting what they're telling you you know yeah that is always that is always the question whether or not you can trust them and whether and you know what they're what kind of mood they're in today yeah because even if you don't want to play the malkavians as like wacky yeah which you know which is which is easy and and fine to do yeah Yeah. it's Um, fine to play them wacky it's fine to wear a top hat yeah um, even if you don't, um, even a really mostly normal seeming Malkavian, you, you're always going to suspect whatever they're telling you because you're like, what's, what exactly is wrong with this person? You know, because you know, their, 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 their picture, their mental picture of reality is some, is has got something wrong somewhere. Yep. And any, any yeah. information they're giving you is going to be filtered through that. And you, you have know. to filter it back. And you got to filter it back. Just yeah, right. You got to, you got to set up your own translators, your own internal translation system. Right. Um, yeah. I've known people that I've had to do that for. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh. But yeah, that's, yeah, and exactly. But, you know, they are kind of treated, you know, and it's always, it's the kind of thing where, like, you know, there's there's probably a Malkavian that's part of your court. But if you're like a venture prince and you start talking about the people that work for you, as soon as you say, also, this guy's a Malkavian, whoever you're talking to is going to gasp. They got 
a reputation. Yeah. But they're around and they've been part of the camera. And this is, I mean, this is, this is pre Camarilla, but the Camarilla is just, we are on the cusp of the Anarch revolt and the foundation of the Camarilla and the Sabbat. We're just on the very cusp of it. It's about, it's about 200, it's less than 200 years away. Maybe I thought that they were going to do a fairy age of mythology. For some reason, I had that. And I'm, I'm still looking at Mage, the Sorcerer's Crusade. It's still an image of the cover of the book on my screen. <laughs> um, so they have Dementation, which is different. They, yes. can, they can make people see visions, and they can play with emotions. Mm-hmm. You can confuse... Yeah, you can cast a classic D&D spell, Confusion. The target loses all sense of time, cannot recall most of his memories, and generally wanders aimlessly until the confusion lifts. Just act like you ate about 200 milligrams of edibles. Wow, level 5. The victim suffers five derangements of the storyteller's choice. That's kind of funny. Yeah, I you just you you get arachnophobia. You get a. You know, I, I never know. knew. I never knew anyone who actually bothered to play that out. If anyone ever actually used it in the game with actual five derangements, just this person is debilitatingly mad for now. Yeah, no. Usually, you know, usually they would just like, just like simplify it to be like this person runs away screaming, or this person yeah. falls and in, falls into the fetal position yeah. and starts rocking back and forth, sucking their thumb. That's what it does. You know, in the video in the video game, something they it does something crazy. They kill themselves or something. Oh yeah, or yeah. each other. No, at level three, is they just die from dementation. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Dominate is the same thing at level three. You use it on you use Dominate level three on somebody in a combat, and it just it's it's the kill power. Level three. Bloodlines is totally different. We'll talk about bloodlines a different time. We will. We will. Three, we will. We will. We will. We will. Yeah. 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 Malkavians have dementation, and that's cool. Yeah. My in my notes, all I wrote down was "Goddamn Malkavian clowns! Badness is the mark of the devil." Yeah, these guys are also double cursed. Yeah. Their madness is the mark of the devil. Yeah. Everyone believes in a Christian god. Everyone goes to church, except the La Sombra. No, they go to church. These guys love going to church. They go to church. They're at church all the time. The church is their thing. Did these guys start in Spain? Was Spain Toreador and La Sombra in the very beginning? These guys are also in Italy. Big yeah, in Italy. Guys, they're, they're big in Italy, but since the Ventru supposedly did Rome, I presume that the La Sombra didn't do Rome. They, they were not, they're not really mentioned in the history of Rome, and we just read many histories of Rome that do not mention the La Sombra, barely. Yeah. So I don't know where they were at. I have a feeling that they Byzant- were probably like latecomers. They were probably in Spain. They were probably in Northern Africa. Um, okay. And they came into Rome after Rome conquered those areas and started to get big. So, that's, so now they're big in Italy. Yep. Um, and the La Sombra are also a ruler clan, but they're a bit different from the Ventru. Yeah, these guys they like stick to, to the shadows. Here. Yeah, they like yeah. to be, they like to be Jafar. They like yeah, to be yeah. they like to be the power behind the throne. They rule from the <laughs> They rule from La Sombras. Yeah. It's very very on the nose. 
Yeah. You can't. It's... You cannot. They do not cast a reflection. No, they don't. I read in today in Requiem, the second edition, that it's not that a vampire doesn't catch cast a reflection. It's that you will never actually see him in the mirror. Yeah, or that it's it'll you'll never actually be able to focus on them in the mirror. Yeah, or in the photograph you take of them. Yeah, yeah. I like I love that. Yeah, but these are the guys that just don't have a reflection. Uh, Lissandra Strath have no reflection, and in the twenty first century, Lissandra have a super tough time. Oh yeah! With oh cell my phone. god! They can't. They with can't cell use phones? Touch, they can't use touchscreens. <laughs> really? Yeah. This and with technology in general, like any kind of like advanced technology, like trying to use the phone. Lissandra can't do it. Like, like the phone doesn't pick up their their voices. Wow! So they're like almost they're kind of not here, only yeah. to living beings to perceive, not the physical realm yeah. because they are of the shadows. They are the La Sombra. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Elegant yet, I like these guys too. God damn it! Why are, these guys aren't that bad? I I never thought. I fucking love the La Sombra. Are they bad? Are they bad guys? They're master manipulators, right? They're, dude, these guys, these guys, along with with the the Shamashe found the Sabbat. Yeah, so that's not, bad. They're definitely not good guys. Okay. Um, there are some anti-tribute hanging out with some Ventru. Yeah, Julian Luna I, probably knows a couple. Yeah, and in, and again, like in later editions of Vampire, like like now the Lasamba are back in the are back in the Camarilla. Whoa, um, really? Yeah. In fact, the, there's um. One of eight, the are there eight clans? Oh, uh, no, the, the Bruja and the gang were left. Whoa! In, like, this fifth edition, or in... Uh, and the and the Asimites, a.k.a. the Banu Hakim, have joined the Camarilla, too. Uh, wow! What happened to the Sabbat? Oh, it blew up. Oh, really? Completely? Are there anti-tribute? At what point are we talking in the... Is this, like... In Vampire 5th edition... Okay, well... We're, this, we're are gonna... we talking about 5th edition? We're, yeah, we're going okay. the opposite direction. Oh my god, I gotta look at that, and we will. And yeah, so and I advise you to read Night Road because that takes place in fifth edition, and it's a great story. And I'm it doing really it. Kind of, I'm gonna do it. I'm writing it, it down. Really, kind of like encapsulates sort of like a great. It was great for me as as somebody who I, I have the fifth edition book, but I haven't really read it. I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna start old. collecting these fucking books. Yeah. I've 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 read Night Road, and it's like. This, this I could perfectly understand as a, a, a vampire game player from back in the day. Awesome, but it, but it was like updated. You know, I know yeah. exactly like like the stuff that it implied, and then the stuff it tells you about how um, certain clans are different and things have changed. Things have changed between editions. It was like it explains it in the world perfectly. Oh, like that's... there's this whole part where. Uh, man, I don't. I want to get into it, but like, let's okay. let's Dark Ages stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Anyway, um. What can you do so with obtenebration? You can make shadows. You can make shadow. You remember that part in in Dracula where like the shadows are like. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, and and you know, that's that's obtenebration one. Obtenebration high levels. Obtenebration. Get really weird. Like even Observation Two is fun because you can just make plunge the area into into yeah around you, which is 
so fun because you know as a sombra it's not like you can i think i think you can just i think at first in the early in the original edition of 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 this it's like you can see through your opt-in vibration but like now i think later versions it's like you're not affected by your own opt-in yeah you don't need protean you just blind everybody around you and then you you just start beating their asses yeah. or whatever or you run away or whatever or just I had a, you know what? I had a, I had a Lissombra that I played in many games who did not speak. Who was all about talking to people by putting shadows in the wall and also flailing tentacles around at people. Yeah, and that's the higher levels of celebration is you make the shadows solid. Is there a like, beast? I don't know. I don't remember if there's a beast. Obtenebration 3 is, is the... Uh, tentacles. Tentacles. And uh, I forget what four is. And five is you turn into a shadow yourself. Oh, shadow four. Oh, man. I remember I had another Lissombra yeah, that you shot me with dragon's breath shotgun rounds. I did. While oh. I was in shadow form and I took triple damage or something from fire dragon's breath rounds. That would be the thing to do to a Lissombra in shadow yeah. form. Yeah. I was in shadow form all the time, too. I forgot. Why would, why, why, why would I do that to you? You were like a sheriff or you were a Sabat sheriff of some... This was one of those uh, big live action games where everyone was kind of fighting with each other. Oh, okay. Like in the high school, like in the classrooms, you know how we would have like two classrooms yes. we'd go back and forth? Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, okay. it was that kind of situation. Okay. Um... Wow, how did I lose the disciplines? But yeah, so four is Shadow Form. Shadow Form is very powerful, but don't let a Bruja, Bruja Sheriff see you with a, if he's holding a shotgun with Dragon's Breath rounds in them. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, um, I bet there's, I bet somewhere up the line, if it's not in this book, I bet somewhere up the line there's a beast. Um, There's a Shadow Beast at like level seven or eight or something. Yeah, I think so. I know there's six is like stepping through a shadow and it reappearing. Somewhere oh, else. right. Yeah, I always thought that was a little interesting. Oh, yeah, that's Walk the Abyss. Yeah. Oh, Tenebris form is five. Nightshades are our illusion. So I guess Nightshades is probably what I was using to put words and scenes on the wall when I was Lester. Yeah. Oh, right. I remember Lester. And then you would pull out little cards to be like, hello, my name is Lester. No, no, you are not dreaming. Yeah, I think we may, I may have already mentioned Lester because he hung out with the character in the yeah. Malkavian clan book with the bunny ears. Yeah. Oh, that god damn! Sorry. Wow. That character worked better in tabletop than it did than he did in live action because you could just say what you were writing. Yeah. Instead of actually having to take the time to write it, or flip through or cards you, or whatever I had. Yeah. Flip through cards. Yeah, you could just like hold out a card and and say this is what it says. Yeah, and trying was, to live action role playing that character, it actually turns out it's very annoying to have to write down everything you're saying and then wait for someone to read it and then they don't understand or can't read your handwriting and then someone else is talking to them anyway. Live action role playing where you have to write down what you're saying uh, is it doesn't work that well for me. No, no, it it was a really cool thing for tabletop. It was fun, yeah, because I could also yeah just say the words appear on the wall if like oh, but only if I had lost my cards because I would. But that was the actually that's what he would do is he would pull out a blank white card and he would use obtenebration to just make whatever words he wanted appear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was inspired by a character from a film called Hudson Hawk. 
Does that sound? Have you seen that ever? I've heard of that movie. I've never seen it. There's a character. It was just. It was a very strange slapstick crime heist. Uh, yeah, with Bruce Willis. But there was a character that could not speak, and he basically had that ability. Like he would just pull out a card, and printed on the card would be like a full sentence of you know whatever he was gonna say that was you know unique to this. Like it would have been impossible. So that's what where I got the idea that Lester was just using of tenebration. He just had one blank card. Perfect. Perfect. I love it. The Lasombra are great. Lasombra. The Sabat is great. And the Sombra is so cool. The Sabat yeah, is like, fun role playing opportunities. Yeah, the Lasombra are the cool shadowy versions of the of the of the Ventry with cool shadow powers. Yep. Yeah. Jafar. Yeah. When I was flipping through this book, I something caught my eye and I had to flip back and catch it and I was like, oh my god, no way, they don't actually mention this. And it was the word Prometheans, but it turns out that in this book there's just a sect of old vampires called the Prometheans. It's not Frankenstein's. Uh, not Frankenstein's. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> yeah. Um The Gangrel. The Gangrel Very similar. I still the Gangrel, although yeah. I will like... Oh, I also mentioned the Strigoi kind of related to these guys, too. These guys have a kind of wild, sometimes rising from graves kind of vibe to yeah. them. Yeah. The classic thing... scary vampire in the woods, sorry. Yeah. One thing that, that they emphasize here is, or they talk about, is that many Gangrel come from, quote-unquote, barbarian civilizations or pagan yeah. civilizations outside of Christendom. Um they refer to Set as Yormonger. Yeah. Celts, Vikings. There would be no Celts and Vikings in 1197. But no. No. Well, or I mean, not yet. No, they, they, they were, the, the, those are, the Celts in wherever Britain, British Isles would have been long Christianized. Oh, oh okay. Scandinavians, too. Would have been Christians for a long time by this time, but I guess you know. But you, you know, they could have. These guys could be five hundred years vampires. old. Yeah, exactly. These guys could be vampires. Um, Mongols, Laps, Laps are from Finland. They were still pagans in that in that area. That's for sure. But that's that's yeah. The, that's the thing. These guys are the outsiders for sure from the um, the sort of civilized Christendom uh, parts of Europe. Um, Want to know what my, if I could have right now today, if Mr. Destiny showed up in my living room and said he could, would give me one vampire ability, you know, and know what I would take. And now we've talked about a lot, so I don't know, I would have to think. But if I wasn't allowed to think, you want to know what it would be? What would it be? Earthmeld. Earthmeld. Now it would be Earthmeld. Can't wow, believe, can't believe how convenient it is. You don't burn in the sunlight. You, you want a vampire power, but you're not going to be a vampire. Why would you need Earthmeld? I mean... Imagine, imagine never. The, what keeps me from traveling the planet is I would have to spend upwards of a hundred dollars every day to sleep in a motel. If I could just sink into the fucking earth and be safe, if I, if, first of all, if I was a vampire and I was given the choice to have one ability, it would be this one. Yes, but well, if it was yeah. just me, I swear to. I mean, other if if the only thing I had to worry like how not much not, effort not, is put into building something. I, my, I think the the only thing I think 
the whole reason that I have a house and uh, a support system and a family is so that I know that I can go to sleep. <laughs> nothing will try and eat you. Yeah. So if I didn't have to worry about any of that bullshit, I could just wander the earth and meld with the earth. Okay. And like, I just feel like, I like I like obviously if I was you know choosing superpowers or things you know whatever uh, I would love it if I did not require food but like if if that's not on the table not requiring a whole building and family in order to sleep peacefully and to have security just being able to sink into the earth I thought about this a lot as you may be able to tell like I honestly. Thinking about how much my life would change if I had Earthmeld made me think about packing everything up and hitting the fucking road and not getting on the internet anymore. <laughs> Earthmeld is a dope power. Okay. Yeah. I thought about yeah. it a lot this week. <laughs> I feel like I, I was integral in convincing you about this because when we talked about the gangway, you're like, Earthmeld yeah. is too weird. Yeah, it's weird and scary. But like when I really thought about it, especially if you're a vampire how useful that is as you know i like I'm, I'm now i'm starting to notice things that let you sleep places because the fact that the cappadocians can lay out in the sun all day oh it would have been real convenient if they were next i really i don't know what do you think about the location of the followers set in the alphabet you think is it should be under f f or s no, i think well, it should I mean, be s i think these guys should be under s at the end of the alphabet setites instead yeah. of followers of set mm-hmm Ancient think, Egyptian guys. Yeah, I think you should just always call them Sedites instead of followers of Set. Sedites has a nicer, yeah, more, has more compact ring to it. That's what people would call them. Yeah, you know or they, just, you know they or, might get, or, or their nickname Serpents is is I always thought that's even just, more likely. Yeah, I just always thought that was just a great, just an actual clan name, just the Serpents. Yeah, because that's what they are. They're fucking snakes. Very gamey. Uh, yeah. In in the snakes in in the in the real like uh, ancient Judeo- Egyptian, know, not even ancient Egyptian way, because they are Egyptian, but, it, mm, but the, mm, mm. the way they act is more. I get you, yeah. Of like this sort of like Judeo Christian kind of like legend of the snake is like you know the the corrupter. Yep, the, exactly. The tempter. Um, I think in I think in Egyptian mythology it's probably more complicated. Um, oh yeah, because he was uh, well, not just there was a snake. Yeah. It wasn't Set. There was Set, and then there was another snake. Yeah, exactly. And and Set, you know, is is seen as just like god of darkness or god of night or whatever. But he wasn't like an all bad god, for sure. There were there were whole there were whole dynast- dynasties of uh, uh, Egyptian pharaohs, which took who took names like Seti. Yeah, you know, after Set because their because their patron god was set, was was Set or Sutek, um, so it was complicated. I mean, shit, Egyptian history is long. There's oh yeah. Um, so um, there's definitely different ways that people said it. Like, oh, Set was like the patron god of this part or this city or this area of of Egypt or the Nile, and you know, he represented you know, what the Egyptians called the Red Lands, the desert, you know, so the story of him taking over, um, you know, 
Osiris represents the black earth, the, the, the earth of the Nile, not the desert. So like him killing Osiris is, is like a metaphor for desert peoples coming in and conquering the Nile. All kinds of stuff. <laughs> there are you Osiris know? vampires too, and they're weird. They like embrace yeah, other vampires. Yeah, they're super weird. Um, they would be, in Requiem terms, they'd be a bloodline. Because um, that's how bloodlines work. The bloodlines are super weird in Requiem. They, they're they vampires that embrace other vampires. It's an upgrade to your clan. <laughs> it's yeah. like an upgraded class. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's like, a, it's like a prestige class. Mm. Uh, and, certain, <laughs> and, and certain bloodlines are like available to like one or more clans, but not every clan. So oh, it's man. Like, oh. I don't know if I yeah. want to run Transylvania Chronicles or Requiem 2. Oh, boy. There's so many games to run. Oh, my God. I'm never going to run any. Yeah. <laughs> like, I really, I've been talking about it. Now I've seriously just been talking about it for years. I'm going to run something. I would like to run Transylvania Chronicles. Anyway. Yeah, no, anyway. The Sedites. The Sedites. Is Serpentis good... basically Protean? But don't let me interrupt you if you're. Yeah, Serpentis is basically Protean. Okay. In fact. In in some in some media where I've seen Sedites portrayed, um, like in video games and stuff, where there's like memory limitations or sure. whatever, just give them protean. Give them protean. Yeah, it's the it's it's almost the same stuff, but yeah. with a different, but with like a different skin. What do they instead of Earthmel? Do they have Take My Heart Out? <laughs> no, Take My Heart Out is like level five, I think. Um, do they have so something for sleeping? Um. I think yeah, they build like a cocoon around themselves or something like that. Like they make themselves a mummy. Oh whoa, yeah. Buy to like menace flesh. This power allows the user to mummify herself, shriveling into an almost invulnerable form. Great. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Oh, but they can't stay out in the sun. The Cappadocians can. Yeah. Um Anyway, yeah, but level four is a snake instead of a wolf yep. or a bat is a snake. Yep. And uh, level two is instead of claws, you have a sharp tongue. That's right. That's right. That's funny. Oh, the the eyes are hypnotic. Yeah, the eyes are hypnotic instead of seeing in the dark. But yes. Oh man, level six is like spew that. poison. Cool. There's another version of level six that turns turns you into a giant snake. I remember yeah, yeah, giant snake. I love that. This I has definitely. those. What do you call powers that are? What do you call the combo powers? Devotions. Right. Yes. There's a couple interesting serpentis devotions, but I won't look. Too, oh my god! As a matter of fact, I was going to say I won't look too hard for any devotions or anything, but there's one called Hatch of the Viper. Protean 2, Serpentis 4, cough up an egg that turns into a snake. Gross. The Sedite may disgorge from his mouth a living poisonous serpent. Not even an egg. You just spit out a serpent. Just vomit up serpents. Great. For more I freak legion shit. Yeah. Sedites are yeah, cool. But the, but the Sedites are gross like that too. Yeah, they, they are. Yeah, they're yeah, terrible. They're and they are, these, are, these guys are specifically a cult, a doomsday cult trying to bring about just like the Bali and a lot of these just trying to bring about the end of the whatever Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're going to cleanse the world by corrupting everyone into sin and filth and snakes and vomit yeah choking yeah. on lipstick vomit and wine 
Yeah, it's an interesting archetype, but at the same time, like, like their justification always seems super thin to me. Like, yeah, it is, and that's that's part of why I say they're very gamey. They're very just villains. They have a very single-minded... They're almost like a pollution-type villain on, like, an 80s child's cartoon, you know? <laughs> oh, oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're rolling in, you know, turning the place nasty. <laughs> like, they're just... Yeah. They're cartoonishly gamey, and their abilities are gamey, and they're just snakes in ancient Egypt and desert asp kind of mummy they're almost like yeah they're almost the mummy link yeah because the other the osiris guys kind of have ties to mummies the osiris guys hang out like four of them hang out in the house i think they're called the children of osiris and a lot of times they have a mummy in the basement i was really interested in mummy in the 90s mummy was an interesting idea because of the way that they they framed it but let's not go yeah okay (laughs) speaking of dead guys Cappadocians. Cappadocians. It's a funny name because Cappadocia is a place. It's yeah. a specific place. It's in it's in Anatolia. These guys yeah. got their anti-Diluvian anti antediluvian diaboled by Giovanni. Yeah. Well they embraced yeah, because he embraced Giovanni. So yeah, so the, the thing Oh yeah, there's them, a seed. There's a seed of Giovanni in the uh the little yeah, the description here. Yeah, the the clan of death, mm-hmm. necromancers, people obsessed with death and dying, with the process of it, with the with the change, with the with the phase change of living to die to dead. Perhaps by studying the manner in which things die and the nature of death, they can glean some insight to the nature of reality itself. Yes. And who better, and who, what better reason to be obsessed with death and, and the change than vampires, honestly. The fact that, yeah, who are already dead. Or half alive, half dead. Or all dead, and but animated, however you want to talk about it. Obviously not fully alive, though. So, yeah. So, again, perfectly logical kind of, kind of archetype for a vampire. But I always thought these guys were kind of boring. Yeah, they're almost... They're not quite into necromancy. This is another clan that it says, like, there's not too many of them and they're not too organized. Which is almost like... Well, that's how you get your fucking leader diabled. It's <laughs> right because then he, they go and they they embrace an actual tightly organized cabal of necromancers who are yeah like, basically eat them eat them away from the inside. That's going to be the Giovanni. Yeah, that's what yeah. that's what. It, yeah, that's right at the end of the description, the first description of these guys, and that's the seed of where this clan is going nowhere. Honestly, to be perfectly honest, it's so weird that the clan name is Giovanni because it's just it's it's honestly it's just like an it's Italian name, Clan John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Clan John. Like what? <laughs> it really, yeah. I and I all I I remember kind of having at least a similar kind of thought, like in the '90s, being like, yeah, it's weird that that's just like. 
that's just like a normal name that like someone has and yeah these guys. yeah I've, I've known people who are legitimately named giovanni you know did you so. tell them about vampire of the masquerade no no oh, okay. <laughs> talks about how these guys make good princes and how they're really in tight with the venture the venture sure didn't protect them from the giovanni um when I played the Transylvania Chronicles, one of the player characters in the game, my friend Khan, was playing a Cappadocian. Mm. So he got to be the last Cappadocian. Oh, interesting. Uh, Man. Because he was like, he's like, well, I don't want to be a Giovanni, and I don't want to get diabolized. So our storyteller was like, well, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> So that's those are very know. those are very reasonable things to desire. Yeah, so it's like you know we we had this thing where where we had some deals to you know where he we we hid him away basically. We were we were all hiding him and guarding him, and we made some deals with with some other elder venture to like make sure he was he was safe and hidden. You know what it sounds like that kind of thing leads to. Sumedi. Samedi. No, no, yeah, he didn't become Samedi eventually. No, he did but not. That, that, but that is definitely where the Samedi came from. That is the, yeah. Yeah. That sound, it sounds like that's how you get Samedi, by locking away the last Cappadocian in a crypt yeah. somewhere. <laughs> the Samedi are also cool, and only in, well, they're not talked go. about here, but they're in the modern age. Yep, so at this point, uh, we had been talking for two hours, uh, late Friday evening, and uh, Saint had to go. And uh, so we reconvened on Saturday because we had two more clans to discuss and uh, probably a whole bunch of other bullshit. So, uh, yeah, hey, thanks for being here. I'm going to smoke a pipe. Nice. Uh, yeah, so we were uh, we had come to the Bruja. So, yes, Bruja. The, Bruja, the Bruja in Vampire Dark Ages are not yet rebel punks. No, they are scholar warriors. They're scholar warriors. Yeah. But their dreams of a perfect civilization have been crushed and they're bitter and the seeds of the Anarch Revolt have been planted. Yes. They hate everybody. Everybody's fucked them over as far as they're concerned. A lot of these clans hate everybody. This there was a lot of inter clan, yeah. It's just have a great strife. Yeah. Europe in this period was really just endemic warfare all the time. Are these guys mostly in Spain? A lot of guys, yeah, I wrote down Spain. A lot of guys are in Spain. Spain is the current seat of Bruja power, but I thought La Sombra, the seat of power, was in Spain. The La Sombra are there too, and the Corridor. Spain's a popular place, right out on the, yeah, right out in the west. Spain in eleven ninety seven. Spain in Spain is not even Spain in eleven ninety seven. There's no Spain. Oh, it's like that's the part of the that you call you can call Iberia, sure, the Iberian Peninsula, Spain or whatever. But there was no Spanish kingdom. There were a bunch of different kingdoms. There was you know there was Castile, and oh Leon, sure, and yes. Aragon, and Navarra. Uh, 
and uh, I'm pretty sure yeah there was there were still Muslim um, uh, countries uh, in southern uh, Iberia at this time Granada and uh, Cordoba I don't know you know the the Middle Ages involved a lot of um, rebordering. Spec- yeah, a lot of a lot of rebordering in Spain, especially. There was a lot of back and forth fighting between, um, you know, Moors, the the North African um, uh, uh, Muslims, led by Arabs mostly, mm-hmm. but you know, consisting of of native North Africans as well, um, pushing into pushing into southern Spain. Probably some Sedites. Yeah. Asmites, maybe. Oh yeah, those guys uh, were around there. Yeah. Yeah. Very famously, they got all. They got. They got almost. All, they got all the way to France, um, and uh, you know they were beaten in a big battle, the Battle of Tours. Oh, the Asmites were. No, no, no. I'm talking about actual real history. Oh. <laughs> okay. Good. Okay. Yeah. Okay, guys. Yeah, I'm not. This is. Yeah, this is yeah. an era that I definitely am not yeah. familiar with. I know American history. I know what they. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, did yeah. I not get a lot of world history in high school? I probably didn't. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, to be, to be perfectly fair, this was just like a lot of a lot of back and forth sure. between yeah. between all these different uh, uh, Spanish States. Christian kingdoms, and yeah. then after after you know the big. Um, the, like like Muslim Spain, Muslim Spain, you know Al Andalus was like unified for a while because it was, you know after it was conquered, and then it was one big unified state for a while, and then it slowly kind of fell apart into all these different like sort of like smaller uh, 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 little kingdoms called the Taifa. Okay. Anyway, I'm going off on a huge tangent here, but. You know the history is the history of of medieval Spain is is the the Christian kingdom slowly pushing uh, south and and reconquering Spain the Reconquista sure. ah yeah uh, were England and France just killing each other at this time oh yeah yeah just yeah, nonstop yeah. just war after just, war just nonstop I mean Richard the Lionheart this is eleven ninety seven so. Richard the Lionheart is around, um, and Richard the Lionheart is the king of England, but he is also the king of what some people, you know, sort of anachronistically, ahistorically call the Angevin Empire, or the Angevin Empire. Okay. I'm not going pronounce it, because um, Richard probably spent, like, like, six months of his entire adult life in England. He was busy trying to become king of France, when he wasn't okay. crusading at all. Crusading in the Holy Land, but he was—he oh, was, he was all over the place. Yeah, you know the the a kings conqueror. of France. Yeah, exactly. The kings of France and England have a long and torturous history in the Middle Ages, um, and um, basically, like like England spent a lot of time trying to conquer big chunks of France. Um, they had a hundred years' war about it. Oh yeah, that's right. They did. That, that didn't even happen yet. They haven't even had the Hundred Years' War start yet. But um, I think it starts soon. But they're still busy. But they they fight over all kinds of other stuff all the time anyway. Are you familiar with the Pillars of the Earth by Ken Follett? Yeah, I never. Saw, I know they made a miniseries of it, which I did not see. I actually read the novel a long. Good, awesome. Ago. I cool. read the novel. 
ages ago. That is actually a great book, I would say, for anyone who wants to try to get a really like nice view of like medieval life, especially from like the point of view of like an everyday person. Yeah. And not like not like a noble and not it's, like a king, it's, you know. It's and very detailed like, and, and really it's yeah. really good. It, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's not it's not you know, it, it talks about politics and it talks about you know history and stuff but it's really just about the everyday lives of people yeah it's how the politics affect the right. lives of these people yeah. and a few of the a few of them are characters that rise to power and it is like a lifelong journey no, through this book no no yeah no that's true that's true it's it's not like it doesn't have any of that but yeah. it's it's yeah but it is a lot of the common folk who are, it's about people building a cathedral yep yeah, yeah. uh there's a sequel yeah yeah, I did not. I did not. I did not read the sequel. I'd check it out if you. Yeah, it's called uh, Kingdom Without End, and it's 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 like five hundred years later, but it's about other things that happened to that cathedral, and it's great. And nice. also, it also takes place over the course of you know sixty years. Cool, cool, cool. And has something to do with the king at the time. Yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah. The Pura, last poor uh, Carthage. Yeah, last poor Carthage. There's still there's still mourning Carthage. Still, they're like, so mad about it. Has it I been five hundred years? It's uh, been it's been one thousand like, years. It's been over a thousand. Oh, it was pretty like Yeah, Carthage was destroyed in like two hundred BC. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. When was Alexandria been, destroyed? Around. Oh, Alexandria was like repeatedly destroyed a bunch of times. <laughs> oh, but there was a big burning of the library. Yeah, that was Julius Caesar. the The library was burned repeatedly. Oh, oh, oh okay. <laughs> then they wrote some more books. Yeah, there's that. That's a that's the thing that they talk about. Like, um, you know, all this knowledge was lost. That's really yeah. not true at all. Oh, uh, okay. Good. There, well, there were plenty of copies of all those books and all those commentaries and stuff other places as well. You know, I figure they were probably. You know, I mean, ancient treasures, weapons of mass destructions, you know, technology from Atlantis, you know, um, robots right. from like Battlestar Galactica, all up yeah. in there that that was lost forever. Like, Assassin's, you know, Assassin's yeah, exactly. Pieces of Eden, you know, no. things that were yeah. lost to mankind because of Alexandria. No, actually, apparently it wasn't really that bad. I mean, it wasn't great that the library was burned. That's not cool at all. But um, like nothing was lost. Like what is, nothing, what is, nothing terribly important was lost as far as 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 modern scholars. What did Mark you know, Antony get up to after he delivered? Is there a whole play about Mark Antony? Oh yeah. After there's he talks a, about that bleeding piece of earth. Yeah, there's a there's Antony and Cleopatra. Um, there's a Shakespeare play about Antony and Cleopatra, but yeah, that's a great he, that that speech you're referencing is Julius Caesar Shakespeare. That was that was a great speech. That was one of my favorite speeches in Shakespeare, where he yeah they made us they made my he, class uh, memorize it. Yeah, he uh, it's after Caesar's dead. And yep. Yeah, he, he acts all nice to the people that have killed him. He is then, meek and gentle with these butchers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and then he cries havoc and lets slip the dogs of yeah. war. You know. Yeah. He gets really really angry in private. Yeah. Yeah, they had us. Uh, rest- they they took us into the stairwell and they had us. Like the class at the bottom of the stairs, and they had each kid go to the top of the stairs and recite the speech at the top go, of the uh, stairs, like, like shaking our fists. 
Like it was a stage. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> well, like there's an echo in there and shit. It was great. Yeah. Um, I don't know what made me ask about Mark Antony. So that's where we are now. Uh, yeah, but Carthage was was lost uh, the dream of a vampire paradise where humans and vampires live side by side, perhaps. Yes. <laughs> Inequality? But it, maybe it's terrible. Maybe it's just egalitarian between yeah. vampires and fuck the mortals. Maybe? Who knows? And, and also the, the Bali are the there, never, so... And the Bruja never really agreed exactly how that they they don't remember exactly how it was. Yeah. Was it was it really everybody equal, or was it really the vampires running things? Which you know, which was it? You know, were there really Bali there doing Bali things? Like what was going on? Um. And yeah, and by now it's been more than a thousand years. Um, so a lot of the people who were there are dead, have met the final death, you know, or in Torpor. Um, and the ones who are left, like, you know, it's an extremely emotionally charged thing. So they're all going to, whatever they tell you about Carthage, whatever anyone tells you about Carthage who is there, you got to understand where they're coming from. They're either really, really happy that Carthage got burned down or they're really, really pissed. It's a big deal. It's been a big a- deal for so long that now it's a bigger deal. Mm-hmm. And they have the, they have, again, this is... Um, they have the seeds yep. of what the bruja exactly. will eventually become because now they're saying they're they're like they're some bruja are, are moving away from like this sort of intellectual um yep you know heritage of their clan starting to embrace like men at arms and you know battle hardened warriors and shit um scholar warriors i i guess after a thousand years of saying like i miss carthage you're just you just start to say fuck it let's just start punching these people we have a lot of slurring opponents yeah <laughs> we're like the best at it haven't you noticed yeah. <laughs> that we're like so good at yeah. punching people through walls and then like, are... zipping away yeah why are we just not kicking the shit out of these people yeah. <laughs> let's get some leather jackets let's let's get some leather clothes let's put on some fucking armor and get some big axes or something and fuck some people up I definitely played a Bruja in a Vampire Dark Ages game in high school that was like a that was like a man at arms he was he was like he was like the leader of like a mercenary company cool I think I spent, I think I spent like all my freebie points to have like a gigantic number of like retainers and followers and I think there was like I think there's like a military force background in this game or something like that somewhere. I was like I bought some of that. I'm like, yep. This was our friend, this was this was our friend Chris running this again. I was like I got like a hundred dudes. I'm a mercenary. <laughs> I got a hundred dudes. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, you know I hire myself out to other vampires who need muscle, and then and then we go screw shit, and then we fuck shit up. You know. Mm-hmm. I loved it. There were a lot of vampire lords doing that kind of thing. Yeah, that's what the, apparently that's kind of what they were all doing. Yeah, that's, and, that is actually yeah, that's really what they were doing. More yeah, so towards Europe the, the east. 12th century was yeah, not a lot. A lot of mortals were doing that. Yeah, Europe in the 12th century was not urban. Yeah, it was not. Man, yeah, they had they had a few cities, but even the really big cities in Europe at this time 
would not be big cities like what we think of like at all. I mean, obviously, you know, in the 21st century, a big city is, you know, quite a thing. Um, You know, we're talking tens of millions of people, depending on how you define it, too, because sometimes you define a city like... Like, oh, like New York City is like 8 million people or something or 9 million people, and, but you define it as like the five boroughs. But a lot of people might say like, well, actually the way to define New York City is like the whole sort of like socioeconomic area. Yeah. Greater metropolitan area. And then yeah. it's like 30 or 40 million people. Super. And then do you say that like there's actually just one big sort of extended city that extends from New York down to Washington, D.C., you know, the eastern seaboard metropolitan region? Um, because it's an extremely urbanized area. That oh, whole that whole area, yeah. Yeah. So we're anyway, right on the we're right alongside it, basically. Yeah. Oh, um, you're. I mean, you're you're in you're in the belly of the beast. Yeah. Um, but um, there is nothing even remotely like that in the dark. Yeah. Ages. What do you do if you're a vampire? You gotta have earth meld. Yeah, or you gotta you have, gotta learn. You gotta make gangrel friends. You go, or you gotta have a bunch of peasants that you've cowed, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who, you, who you know will not come trying to dig you up mm-hmm. in the day, <laughs> um, and some men at arms, yeah. you know, to to guard your to guard your tomb or whatever your basement or whatever it is that that you're hiding out. You're probably sleeping in an actual fucking coffin because that's what's light proof. Yep, you know, <laughs> makes a lot of sense. You know, you're actually probably sleeping in, in like a big stone coffin because that is what is easy to light proof with the technology of the time. You know, in a crypt, in a basement, underground, in a scary place with spiders yeah. and cultists all over the place. Yeah, yeah, and you got a bunch of dudes. You got you got to you got to get a bunch of peasants, and you got to make you got to make a couple of them ghouls at first. Maybe. Yeah. Well, it depends. It depends on how many freebie points you have to spend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the idea. It's like you had this, like, but yeah, it almost, it almost doesn't matter what clan you are. You have this. You got your like, domain. Yeah, you got it. This, this is a common survival strategy for for any vampire of the time because this is this is what you do, and there's space to to expand and move out so that if you know you like you don't want to be under Sire's thumb and he hasn't blood oathed you, blood bonded you. And you feel like it's getting too crowded. You just move on. Yeah, there's lots of space in the world. The world was bigger. And you could probably find a little patch to call your own that nobody will bother you about. And, and, you know, and you can keep, you know, and you can feed and you you can rule over this population of a couple hundred mortals. As the dark fucking master or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) That old chestnut. You know, yeah, very popular type of lifestyle among the undead in the yeah. 1300s or so, 1200s. Yeah, right, and even right if you're on not, the edge there. Yeah, and even if you're not ruling openly as the Dark Master, it's like, you know, you blood bonded every baron of the of the area for the last, you know, 200 years or whatever. You know, you're that dark advisor who whispers in the baron's ear. Oh yeah. And, Aaron's father and his grandfather and great grandfather and so La on. Sombra style. Yeah, you've always been there. But again, that's like that's La Sombra style. But you know, you can do that with almost any clan. You could. Yeah, they. I mean, that. they all do that. Yeah, the La Sombra are just known for it. But yeah, but Tordor would perfectly fine doing that. You know, Premier would do that. Alkavians. Yeah, I mean, it's just you know, it's just a matter of style. 
and what they're what they're whispering. Anyway, that guy uh, Count Orlov or whatever, he must have had his guys must have all been blood bound to him. How did he get away? How did a Nosferatu get away with pulling this act, pulling the old Dracula act? Yeah, even a Nosferatu does it from time to time. Yeah, and I guess if you're strong enough and you 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 know what you're doing, you have an idea, you you have a, a plan, and you have the right people, you can make it work. Anyway, the last but not least of the clans, Asimites. These guys, it says in the. Um... The second section, The Ways of the Clans, it says that their legend of vampires or of their clan's creation is that uh, Hakim, their, uh, you know, their clan founder, was the first childer of Cain. Yeah. Completely separate from the second generation and antediluvians. Yeah. And uh, that their line, and for that reason, their line is sort of separate from the other 12 clans. Yeah, there's there's actually a different story in the Asimai clan book too. <laughs> yeah, does does it say anything about anyone being diaboled? All these stories have to do with yeah, some I, founder pretty, being diaboled. I'm pretty sure Hakim um basically as a mortal captured one of the second generation As a mortal? Uh, yeah, captured him, staked him. Wow. Um, had his followers kill him and feed him the second generation vampire's blood. So that he would, he would be, he braced himself basically, and then he diabolized that vampire. That's a wacky thing for a mortal to do. Yeah, but that's how badass he was. Wow! He was the baddest of asses. I'm flabbergasted. Yeah, that's that's the you know. a member of the second generation. A mortal man staked a member of the second generation. There were yeah. only three. They don't even, they don't even have a fancy name like Antediluvian. No, just it's Cain's children. There's only three of them. Yeah, man. I think it was Enoch, Zilla, and Irad. Did we talk about the deaths of any others yet? We've sort of flirted with no. the idea of someone diaboling a member of the second generation, but we haven't really. There, I don't think there's any clear consensus on on the fate of the second generation. Okay. I know I, I didn't. I, I've never seen it anywhere where it said like this is definitely what's happened to the second generation. That's the thing where it's, there's there's so many different contradictory stories about what happened to them. Like I I think the general idea of the of the vampire legend is that there was Cain, Cain made the second generation, the second generation made the third generation, and they all made the first city together. Yes. Cain said, "Wait, stop! Nobody make a fourth generation. This is enough, okay?" Yeah. And they were all like, "Okay, okay." Except not really, because some of them definitely went and made other childer in secret. And at some point, they all started to get real wicked, and they all started to fight they with each other. They were doing wicked deeds. And, uh, and pit mortals against each other, so God sent the flood, you know, the flood that Noah survived. And no one else survived, except for the vampires, of course, because they're just vampires, whatever. Um, so after the flood, the first city was destroyed, and Cain said, this is terrible... I'm out. Peace. And I'm not sure exactly where the second generation was destroyed in that whole process, but at, they, then the second city was founded, and, and either the second generation was destroyed in the second city, or they were destroyed before the first city, second city, and the second city was founded by all the antediluvians, the third generation. 
I feel like I, I feel like the I, Ravnos might claim like they got. They think they might claim that they got one of the second generation. For some reason, going into this, and 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 you might recall that I misread the Nosferatu, and I thought that Nosferatu had Diabled his sire also, but I felt going into this, I thought there were going to be four store four different stories of four different characters killing the three members of the second generation. And it, yeah. it still could happen. We'll see. Yeah, not quite, but we have a bunch of contradictory stories for sure. Yeah, and exactly. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, the Asimites in the Dark Age book are kind of one note, which is unfortunate. They like they try to make them a little more one, more more than one note, but they're basically like these are the these are the Muslim vampires. These are the yeah, the assassins. These are the Muslim and and they're the assassins. And it's kind of it's again, it's kind of silly that the the whole like inspiration and basis for this clan is basically this really one specific sect right. that existed for a very short period of time. Uh during like the sort of crusades period, um, but they yeah you know, they weren't they, around they were, and uh, wasn't uh, oh god they were a movie the, with the Tom real, Hanks never mind the real the real name for the assassins would be like the Ismailis oh okay. they were they not were, Hashishi you know, no that was that Is was that, the name it, that that was like it, a name that was given to them right by okay outsiders so. You know, but they, those they are the guys. Just, those are the guys. Yeah. Okay. Um, whether or not they actually smoke tushies is 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 pretty debatable. But whether or not they existed is not debatable. No, they definitely existed. Okay. And they definitely pulled off a bunch of high-profile murders. Like like um, at one point, like right around this time, it might be it might have been right before, right after this. They um, there was this guy named um, Conrad um, who was uh, an important nobleman in the kingdom of Jerusalem, the mm-hmm. crusader kingdom. And he had basically been elected the king of Jerusalem by the, by the nobility the day before. And then he was just walking down the street and two guys just walk up to him and stabbed him to death in the middle of the street and then dropped their daggers and stood there and let themselves be taken. Damn. You know, um, I would want to be high if care. I was going to do that. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know that was like one of the most pro- high-profile kills, um, their high- most high-profile murders, and then like that was, you know, one of the things they were known for. So um, it it is it is definitely a, a, an unfortunately racist kind of trope to be like, yeah, Middle Eastern Middle were, Eastern assassins, assassins, kind of terrorists, you know, living on the top of um, a mountain in a fortress. Yep, these guys and are not cursed. Embraced- yeah, they only embrace uh, Eastern cultures, Arabs, Moors. Yeah, um, you know they they don't embrace women. That's right. Of course, of uh, course, they would not being, you know. Uh, and they all follow the the blood road, which is God, a specific, yeah. you know, a specific specific to them. my path. Yeah, specific to them. Nobody nobody else follows the blood road besides Asimites. It's just it's, you know, they might as well call it the Asimite road. Yeah, they don't really have a weakness. Their only weakness is that um, they have to give their blood to uh, any blood that they collect for you know committing assassinations because that's what they charge. They charge the blood of of vampires. Like you got to give me like ten blood points if you want me to go kill somebody for you. 
Uh, they're gonna give twenty percent of it to their sires, which is like okay. Um, um, and and they anything that w- would normally say like, is this person a Diablerist? The answer is always yes for an Asmite, even if they haven't actually Diablerized anyone, which is a stupid weakness because most Asmites eventually end up Diablerizing someone because they love it. <laughs> it's their um, favorite thing to do. It's why they got and cursed. If, and if you ask someone if they're an Asimite, and if you if someone tells you they're an Asimite, you just probably are going to assume they're a Diablerist anyway, or if not a Diablerist, they're on the lookout for getting ready to commit Diablery for the first time. Their actual, their, the weaknesses I've seen for, for these guys in, in other versions is that they um, they are much, they have a much higher chance of resisting Frenzy when they come into contact. I'm sorry, much lower chance to resist Frenzy when they come into contact with vampire blood. They get addicted to vampire blood easily. So okay. they, they want it's okay. They, you know, they want yeah. to, they want to be, you know, chowing down on other vampires basically um that can lead to funny situations where they need to transport some blood or bring some of their blood tithe to their sires and uh they just can't resist (laughs) exactly they show up with Uh, blood on their mouth like fuck man you just drank it on the way here didn't you (laughs) um yeah, and they have like a very strict hierarchy. Yep. You know, they're ruled by the old man on the mountain, which is just straight up taken from the what they called the 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 guy who was leading the the assassins. Oh, really? Um, oh, okay. Yeah, and um, yeah, and he's 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 Hakim's representative, um, you know, ruling the clan in his place or whatever. Um, while while the master sleeps, he's going to wake up when it's time for Gehenna and kill all the other Antiluvians and probably Cain too, and then all the Asmites can fall on their swords. Um, if he, I mean, if he really, as a mortal man, captured a second generation vampire, then that's probably what's going to happen. I mean, keep in mind this might have been a second generation vampire who was like a year old or something. But still. Yeah, yeah. Could have been in Torpor. Uh, We don't know exactly how fast they all got sleepy or when they all got sleepy. Yeah, well, you know, know, this he did this, you know, back in prehistoric times or whatever, during the time of the first city or whatever. They were less sleepy in general at that time. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. They were running around back then. There wasn't any, like, you know, 10-year nap, 5-year nap kind of thing? No, no, it was like like 4,000 it was like 4000 BC. It was like yeah. a time of magic, you know. It's only because the magic ran out that they got sleepy, or I mean, they I never feel really like well, I mean, yeah, they never they never really come out and say it, but sure. that's kind of how the cosmology it makes of the sense. Whole yeah, yeah, kind of fits together. There's some specific explicit stuff I think in some werewolf and some mages book that like the year 1000 yeah. was like. Right, like a change in the world. Well, we discussed it in the Shamir's history. Discusses exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly, and I think it shows up in a few other places too. Um, And it's just, yeah, it's like I think it's in the werewolf. It's like yes, it was like this, this, this was the change from the 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 era of the beasts of war to the era of eater of souls or something like that. We're, we are currently in the era of corruption. Yeah, the era uh, of the, the defiler. defiler. It was... 
the era of the Eater of Souls ended too early or some oh, shit. Oh, no, that's right. Yeah, so Eater of Souls came in at 10,000 or 1,000. 1, Jesus. Yeah, God yeah. Damn it. yeah. So this is the, <laughs> right. Yeah. But this is also, from the mage side, this is also the beginning of the rise of the Order of Reason, which eventually becomes the technocracy. And their whole deal is that they are going to reshape reality to reject magic. Dorks. And embrace science and reason. Um, because because they they you know they have they have some altruistic beliefs. Of course, they think like this is like this is better for regular people if there aren't like monsters rampaging through the darkness. Um, you know, this is better for regular people if the world is is understandable. Um, so yeah, um, but eventually, of course, they become. You know, they become corrupted by all the power that they accumulate and become the technocracy that we know and love and mage, um, who are, you know, like horribly oppressive. Um and do and do it because they just want to control control reality. Um, not not because they want to free the sleepers anymore. Anyway, we are we are again going kind of far afield. Um I have read yeah, the Asimites. I, I I loved the Asimites when I was when I was younger because I have a weird thing of like having having a cool love for cool assassins. They're, yeah, they uh, are very badass. A lot of many many people back then and probably still that we knew probably would say this was their favorite plan. People liked these guys. They were probably oh, yeah. they were very badass. This was, there was definitely this was definitely my favorite. This was definitely one of my favorite clans for a long time. And it's cool to be badass. Oh yeah, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think I know in Vampire Fifth Edition they rewrote these guys to be the Banu Hakim, which is just really Arabic for the clan of Hakim. Okay. Um, and they they've kind of. I gotta take a look at this Fifth Edition thing. Yeah, I gotta really dig into it yeah. a little bit more too. But cool. they 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 rewrote them more as like they're still like blood hungry and and you know they kind of tend. To, you know, towards Diablo sometimes, but they, they don't promote it as much. Um, and it's, they're really about like their whole, their whole vibe is really like about, you know, justice. Oh, and, and, and being of, badass and, in the desert. And also, yeah. And sort of also like vengeance, but, but okay, like they sort, okay. of, they, they sort of view themselves as like the scourges of vampire society. They're like, we're there for when vampires get out of line, ah. really start acting awful towards humans and we kill them <laughs> also we diabolize them usually yeah because you know of course we do right so it's but because of we course love because, to do it i mean why right. you know, so it's it's a little bit more their blood you know, is forfeit yeah exactly exactly so there's a little bit more like nuance to it um, you know, the, the whole idea that the, the it's, I think they got rid of quietus and I think they just have thaumaturgy too you know, and the the things that Asimites can do with Quietus, you know, is just like a different thaumaturgy path. Sure, um, okay. Um, but they have their own blood sorcery because they they also in the Asimite clan book, which we'll, which we'll get to eventually, they they do add like there are different tastes of Asimites. Right. Yeah. Yeah. With, yeah. With yeah. Different. There are actually different bloodlines with different disciplines. There are the warriors, which are the ones that everyone knows. Um. The there are the viziers. Yes, and they're they're like they talk about how they embrace mathematicians, poets, and scientists too, as often as they choose warriors and thieves. Um, 
because you know and again this is the thing they don't really talk about it but it's like these guys control you know all these great middle eastern empires and they this is the funny thing about the, the name of this game right the dark ages this is a name that like modern historians hate oh because they're like it wasn't a dark age people we call it a dark age because there's unfortunately very little literate like writings come coming down from that time. Oh, interesting. Um, okay. There's very few primary sources from that time, so it is dark sure. to the historian. Cool. Wow. Okay. It yeah. It doesn't mean it was an awful time to be alive. I mean, it sure. It sounds awful. It, there were vampires. It these. It wasn't as good as as like modern times because you didn't have medicine and you didn't have science and you didn't have all this stuff. But it, they had people weren't stupid. People, human beings. Back in those days, we're just as smart as human beings nowadays, for the most part, and they could figure stuff out, and they lived perfectly happy, healthy lives for a lot of them. You know, it, if they weren't killing each other between it was, and England, it was overall tougher for sure, no yeah. question. Um, but it wasn't like living in filth constantly and dying at twenty, you know. Um, so. You know, it's but obviously as a vampire game, Dark Age means something else. <laughs> and yeah. this is a fan this is a fantasy game, really. This is like a fantasy historical fiction kind of game. So obviously historical Dark Age, fantasy. Yeah, so it's you know, so dark you know, this the vampires rule the night. This it is, is the dark very age. dark, yeah. Yeah. Um but um one thing that people always point out about how even though Europe kind of sucked at this time, you know where it didn't suck? In the Muslim world. Yeah. Because this was like, this was the the height of Muslim civilization and Islamic civilization. You know, these Arab um, conquests had taken place where, where these, you know, the early, uh, early Arab Muslim um, leaders basically exploded out of Arabia and conquered... Um, uh, all the Middle East conquered Palestine, conquered Syria, conquered Iran, conquered uh, Egypt, um, conquered North Africa, moved up into southern Spain, started pushing against the Byzantine em uh, uh, Empire, um, conquered eastward down into into Afghanistan and, and Pakistan, where Pakistan and Afghanistan are, and uh, and even into India. Um, you know, uh, they were. It when was, did it Byzant was, uh, when did Byzantium stop being uh, anybody's problem? Uh, in fourteen fifty three, they, they oh fought, okay they fought the Muslims for a very long time. Wow, okay. Oh, so around yeah. around Dracula yeah, was yeah. around was probably involved yeah. in this actually. Right, okay. right, right. But but going back to like Sorry, the yeah. period of like. Of like say say like nine hundred AD or so to like okay. to like twelve hundred AD or so is like was like the golden age of of Middle Eastern Islamic civilization. All right, and we we are right at the yeah we were right at the tip yeah. of that. They they had they had all kinds of learning and um, advanced mathematics, astronomy. Um, much more literacy, um, you know, much more wealth. It was sure. a much more wealthier society because of because of the way they could they could you know 
braid with different um, parts of the world, you know, east down and south down through, you know, the Indian Ocean, you know, west into Europe, you know, uh, southwest into Africa, you know, northeast into 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 the steppes. Um, so yeah, um, it was it was a wealthy, literate like society and and like it definitely they were like it's not to say they were all unified all the time because they definitely broke down and 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 fought lots of wars and and broke into smaller countries and everything at the time but it was it was a much better place to live than europe um so they don't really talk about it here but except for mentioning like oh they choose to embrace mathematicians poets and scientists often as warriors and thieves because you know, if the Asimites are mostly the vampires running the running the joint in the Islamic world, as as a kind of as they're kind of say, they're also doing all this other stuff. Yeah. Um. So that's the that's the vizier case of Asimites, and they actually drop celerity and, and get like Auspex or Dominate or something like that. Um, I forget. I'll have to look at it again. Um, and uh, and then there's the they sorcerer. keep quietus. Yeah, they they all keep quietus. Okay. The sorcerers, yeah, okay. And then, and then there's a sorcerer case, which is much smaller. But they have thaumaturgy. What the hell? How'd they get that? They had thaumaturgy for thousands of years before before. the Tremere. Tremere. (gasps) They didn't spread it around as much, but um, you know, how can this be? How can this be? The trick is, and the thing is, is like I, I guess was the magic always in the blood. The magic is always in the blood, but I guess the idea is, is like the Asimites always chose to, like a like a great majority of the clan, and especially the clan, the the major, the vast majority of the clan that showed his face to other vampires is the warrior caste, and they don't spend the time learning thaumaturgy. Right. Sure. Right. You know. Yep. Totally. Um, that's the that's the sorcerer case. So like. Could they all learn thaumaturgy if they wanted to? I guess. You know, the Tremere are serious about, like, no, 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 everybody learns thaumaturgy. Yeah. If you're not learning thaumaturgy, then why the fuck are you here? <laughs> and no I one mean, else is learning it. Don't... But, yeah, by the time of the of the 20th century, by the time of the modern vampire game, no one else is learning thaumaturgy. Yeah. And, even in this, and even in this game, the Tremere only are the only ones with, with thaumaturgy as a clan discipline, everyone else can can like learn thaumaturgy, and they talk about how other clans have thaumaturgy, but for them, it's always an out of clan discipline. Right. Yep. So it costs a lot more to learn. It's tougher it to. It's tougher, thing. it's tougher to get good at it. The Tremere have it easy because yeah. it's a clan discipline. <clears throat> yeah. And they have it like super easy in this specifically. I feel like. I may have felt like it might have been reversed, but in this weirdly, the clan, whatever your primary clan is, is like a point cheaper in the multiplication than a normal discipline is. So a normal discipline is your the experience cost to gain an ability is five times your current level. For your primary path in Thaumaturgy, it's four times. They're like specially attuned the Tremere. Yeah, um, I and, think that's also because and that is, and it also says that it's specifically it only is. for Tremere. Other clans learning it. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, it uh, that all counts as secondary paths. Yeah. Yeah. 
Wow, yeah. <clears throat> uh, yeah, and that's the Dark Ages, the clans of the Dark Ages. Awesome. These all turn into some very different beasts in the in the in the later days of the world. It's a very cool setting and it really and it is the temptation and or maybe just the excuse to run it like D&D is all over it. Mm, I'm yeah. really thinking about I'm going to read the Transylvania Chronicles. I'm really thinking about running. I'm going to run something. I don't know. Maybe I will, maybe I won't. I'm going to continue to threaten it, but I'm threatening it, it more now. Do it. Um also the Bali are here. The Bali are terrible. They do have a clan book. Really, I guess... That's true. Really, the only real... I've not actually read the Bali clan book, I don't think. I don't know if I've taken a look at it in 20 years. It's right here. Yeah. Maybe, well, you know, I mean, we can decide at one... Basically, the three weird ones are the Cappadocians, the Salubri, and the Bali. And and they are the, the Dark Ages clan books, because... These clans are really gone by the time of the like the Salubri yeah. are kind of gone. Are the Bali and, totally gone, or very, 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 very rare by the very, time of the masquerade? By the time of the masquerade, very rare because they're not good at hiding. Yeah, they're just monsters. So, so and everybody hates their guts, including the Sabat. Yep, the Sabatium, most of all, aren't the Sabat yeah. like notoriously like demon huntery? A very anti anti infernalist. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, possibly because they recognize they they cross so many lines that if they don't draw that line, too many people will cross it, and then it won't be good. It'll be over. Yeah, It'll people go. Over. People go right. People go directly for it. They're like, we better like, we better at least like make sure we yeah. don't just turn into full on demon summoning. Yeah, because the rhetoric oh, yes. of the Sabbat, at least, is that um, the rhetoric, at least, of the Sabbat, if not the actual world practice, is that they they represent freedom. You know, freedom mm-hmm. from the control of you know greater monsters than themselves. Specifically, the eternal the pyramid. Yeah, specifically the Angeluvians. Yep. Um, but just as bad to subject yourself to a demon. Maybe worse. Maybe. At least, at least on par. Yeah. Yeah, at, at least, least, at least in the same ballpark. Yeah, at least they believe Angeluvians can be killed. Yep, right. Yeah. Demon. Yeah. They eventually put out a splat right toward, towards the end of the whole, towards the end of the whole mess. They put out a splat just called Demon. I don't even remember what the subtitle was, but Fallen. they they put out a, oh, The Fallen? Yeah, I actually, I thought that was a Chronicles of Darkness game, actually. Oh, uh, I guess I oh. I could be incorrect. Oh. No, wait, you're right. You're it right. was the no, very right. end of World of Darkness, or yeah, what? You're right. That... No, there, there's a demon in book in New World of Darkness, or sorry, Chronicles of Darkness too, but it's totally different. Okay, yeah. it's, it's a totally different god, cosmology. This whole like god machine thing. I don't want to get into that. It's sure. it's nuts. Um, <laughs> but it's cool. There's um, lots of stuff to talk about. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, All right. Thank you so much. Yeah. 
Yeah, no problem. Hope, hope you're um, doing good. Hope the weekend is rolling right along. Yeah, yeah. Had a nice day. Okay, this has been Maybe We'll Talk. Uh, thank you for listening to our sleepy vampire discussion. Coming up next this week, uh, I'm going to be talking to Michelle about A Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge. I'll be talking to Alex about Eye of the World for the fourth time, kind of the meat of the middle of the book. Uh, That, I think, will be happening over the next few days. I'm spending a ton of time editing these days, as well as setting up the garden and digging in the dirt. It's May, and it's beautiful and uh, very busy. All kinds of things are going on. I'm yelling a lot. It's terrible. I'm dealing with it. I got to kind of, yeah, I got to kind of, rework my schedule or at least kind of write down what my schedule has been with the kind of the days the afternoons i'm spending editing and uh gotta redo the website gotta do some bullshit sausage work but yeah i would like to get uh some more information really about these podcasts on the website but also my schedule and what's going on and when people can find me uh, so yeah, check out koyadk.tv. That is C-U-Y-A-D-K.tv. Used to play a Death Knight from Ohio, you know? Uh, on that website, you can find a link to our Discord to come talk to us about books and tabletop role-playing games and, uh, you know, everyone involved in this podcast. Uh, you can get a link to my Etsy and buy some soap from me. You can support me on Patreon and uh, some other social media sites you can support me on twitch you can find links to all of these things and all my other socials and see videos and stuff at koyadk.tv that's c-u-y-a-d-k.tv really thank you so much for listening to all of this uh stay tuned more stuff is on the way and uh yeah yo flyosity why don't you please play us out (laughs) 